everybody. It's been a while, but here I am, Gene Shalit, returning to the Critics' Corner for December 18th, 2009, to share my thoughts on James Cameron's latest, Avatar. And who boy, Blue Boy, I got a lot to say about this one. And you know, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Avatar? More like have a star in this thing. You remember those, James? Charisma, acting ability. Sam Worthington is Sam Worthing-less, if you ask me. Zoe Saldana, more like showy than Nana. I didn't sit through three hours of this thing not to see naked breasts and vaginas. By the end of this thing, my balls were so blue I thought they were avatars for something. And what is with some of the lazy writing in this movie? Unobtainium? If you take a screenplay credit for that, you must have shittium for brainium. When someone tells me that they're going to see Avatar for the glorious special effects, I say, I hope you like trees. Because those are the only things that look any good in this movie. Everything else looks like the cat who danced with Paula Abdul after some autoerotic asphyxiation. These guys look like shit. And what's the appeal? If I want to see what a rubbery blue version of myself would look like, all I have to do is put on Return of the Jedi and look at that elephant playing the piano. Other than that, it was delightful. <laughs> Attack! Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. Welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to the opening weekend holiday party. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the end of the year and we're feeling naughty. I got a drink in my hand. I've been drinking coffee. <laughs> it's very early in the morning. I'm drinking coffee. I didn't spike it this year. I think Dan has spiked his. I have. I but I'm waiting for another cup. I only had the one cup. Oh, of alcohol? <laughs> yes, I have an entire coffee cup of alcohol. <laughs> Yay, because it's the holidays, baby. Yeah. That's right. It's episode 88 of Opening Weekend. I am Jason O'Connell. I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And today, as Gene Shalit said, we are traveling back to December 18th, 2009, and the release of James Cameron's Oscar-nominated record-breaking Avatar. And we are also giving out our third annual Golden Sheila Awards for sustained excellence in our own small, small minds. Uh, but before we dive into our review of Avatar, where were we in December of 2009? I had a nine-month-old. Jeez, oh, that's... Who was it? <laughs> and we were expecting uh, another on the way. Yay! Yeah, wow. my son, Ben, was was nine months old at this point, and, and, and uh, Kate... My wife was pregnant with uh, our daughter, Izzy. Yeah. yeah. Who's coming along in February. Oh, my gosh. Busy, yeah, so that was craziness. Busy We were time. living up in Inwood, and right. I, th I think we were trying to sell our apartment at that time because I was fine with it. We had a one-bedroom, and it was a nice one-bedroom that we had, we had bought a couple of years earlier, 
And uh, we had built like this false wall in our bedroom. Ben was basically like, he was like Harry Potter. He was like living in a closet (laughs) pretty much, you know, behind the stairs. It was like this really tiny room that just fit a crib and a changing table. And, And that was it. And, you know, but what did he know? He was nine months old. He loved it. And you were like, this um, is fine. We can stack them. Yeah. Well, I was okay (laughs) with it because also, you know, what happened was we we had um, an an ARM and an arm, an adjustable rate mortgage. That's what it was when we bought the the place. And after five years, basically, your mortgage rate, it it changes depending on, you know, what's going on in the economy. And negatively, if if things go up, then your mortgage rate's going to go way up and you're going to pay more. Well, right. we were in the shitter at that time. That was, you know, oh. right when the financial bubble was, was oh, bursting. Right. Of so course. It, it went way down. So if we stayed there, we were going to save a shit ton of money. Oh. Like our rate was going so far down. Like it was, yeah, we were, we were, it, it was going to be nice. So I was like, let's stay. And Kate was like, no, we're not raising two kids in this. <laughs> and we ended up staying there for, Close to a year, I think, after Izzy was born or more, and she basically, we had a pack and play in our foyer that she would sleep. I mean, she didn't even have her own oh room. Gosh, and we would just, at oh night, we would, like, wrap it with oh. a sheet so she couldn't see out of it. Oh, oh <laughs> we'd have God. to sneak around. Yeah, so I was, I was like, yeah, we can make this work. Okay, he was like, fuck no, we got to get out of here. As long as we crate her like a dog for the first five <laughs> to seven years of her life. I don't say there's going to be any deleterious effect. See, deleterious, a word I could not have said had I been drinking. Wow. wow. Right? I could have said good. it. That was good. Yes. Um, it just would have taken longer. Yeah. So then you Deleterious, which takes us to our first movie, Harlem Nights. Um, oh, man. Well, what? you were raising Izzy the way you were raised in a, in a, some sort of a pen in a cage. Like a yes, exactly. Yeah, like a veal. No, she wasn't even there yet at this point, but she was she was oh, on right. her way. She was in Kate's belly. And so exciting. Yeah, it was exciting and nerve wracking and crazy, and you know, she's like, "Oh my god, is we're we're doing this again? Now what's yeah. happening again?" Uh, uh, yeah. Well, once you had, did you always know? Like once when you guys had Ben, was there always a plan? Like it would be nice to have two, or it was, it were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or were you like, I can just barely hold on with one? <laughs> I was okay with one. Actually, I was reminded of here. Here's a, here's a heartwarming story for the holidays. I was just reminded of this because um, I was fine with one. Mm. I was good with one. And Kate, I would we joke about this. Kate was like, I'm, you know, I'm not. I don't feel finished. I don't feel complete. I don't feel, you know. Aww. So I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, Got to pull and, my pants down. You know, down. not to get too okay, personal, sorry. but you know, it took us a little while for Ben to mm. conceive Ben. Mm. And, uh, you know, when, once we figured out what the, the issue was one that we actually had to have sex, I didn't realize that. Ding, I ding, thought, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. I thought the, it was just not the way you normally like to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? Now, what does that got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> so it took us a while. And then once we figured out what the issue was, we figured, I guess when we sort of entertained the thought of having a second, we're like, yeah, but a year it took us a year with Ben. No, once those floodgates are open, they're open. Oh, wow. So it was immediate, and we were like, "What? The, what the what?" So we were we were not prepared at the time. Wow. But um, but wow. I remember around this time, probably, I was I think I was doing a reading 
of this show uh, about the making of of uh, Cleopatra, right? That's the movie Cleopatra oh, with Elizabeth yeah. Burton and uh, yeah, 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 and uh, Elizabeth, Taylor, Elizabeth, Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor, 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 Taylor. I don't think Sorry. she ever took his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I was working with this actor named Mark Latito, who I just saw in Some Like It Hot on Broadway, and this is why I was reminded of it. He's a wonder, wonderful actor. He was in Jersey Boys at the time, and I was really conflicted because I, I, I felt by having another child, I was betraying Ben. I really felt very guilty and my heart hurt. I was like, I don't know how, like I loved Ben so much. Like he was like my little buddy and like I, you know, we did everything together and I, you know, toted him around town and, you know, in a backpack and, and I just, I I was worried. I was really scared. And I remember talking with Mark about that and he was, I, I, I remember I was sort of, I was happy to be doing this reading, but I was like, everyone else in the show was like on Broadway and working and I wasn't really doing anything at the time. And people were very complimentary and, and they're like, Oh, what are you in? I was like, nothing. I'm just doing this. And, you know, waiting for our second child to be born and freaking out. And, and so Mark, I, I think he was a father of, I think three boys, two or three boys. And so we, we you know, I, I don't want to say he took me under his wing, but we were talking about, you know, fatherhood and whatnot. And I, I said to him, I expressed those feelings of like, I don't like, how did you do it? I don't know. I feel so guilty. I feel guilty, you know, that there's going to be another child and I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to be able to devote all my, my, my love and time to my son. Mm -hmm. And he was like, your heart expands. Your heart is big enough. You know, Mm -hmm. you find a way your heart just opens. Like you, I, I get it, but like when it happens, your heart's just going to expand and it's going to be big enough for both of them. And I seeing this, when I saw Some Like It Hot uh, about a, you know, a couple of weeks ago, seeing him on stage, it actually made me feel really, because he was absolutely right, you know? Yeah. Um, and awesome. uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. Like at the time I was still you know, freaking out about it, but to hear that was really lovely yeah. and to be like, okay, this, this can happen. And uh Yeah. And there, I mean, I have my favorites. I'm not going to say who. Listen, no. you know. you'll, you'll say that at Izzy's wedding when you're no, the No, I love them both. They're both amazing. So, but yeah, so that, that was what was that was going on for me around this time. That's amazing. What about you guys? <laughs> I mean, nothing compared to that. Nothing right? compared to that. How do I even follow that up? I was. I, I know. My I God. know. Fred should have gone last. I forgot he was creating life. <laughs> yeah. At this time. Ooh. I was creating uh, death because I was catering. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh. You know, I was catering with you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, the deaths of our souls. And by that, yeah. by, that's what I mean by that. It's just going with in every kids, day. Uh, you know, with another kid on the way, I was doing everything and anything. So, yeah. Oh, this is, yes, yes. Oh, I remember this now, this period. Absolutely. You would. You were You were with me at a lot of uh, at a lot of events at this time, Fred. Yes, and that was, you're right. And that's exactly why. You were like, listen, I got a baby. I got another baby on the way. Let's make the money. And this is the mm. time of the year to do it, you know, yeah. for, for actors and performers and New York who are hustling and auditioning and between gigs as all, you know, unless you have a holiday gig, unless you're off, you know, doing a, doing a tour of, uh, you know, uh, of a holiday show like white Christmas or something like that. You, you are, you're in the city and this is your big money-making time of the year. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, where did we, ha- did we have events down at the puck building at this time? I'm sure we did. Yeah. That place was massive. Oh my God. So many, yeah. so many. And Jason, were you doing a little bit at this time? Were I, you did dabbling? A, I did a little bit. Not anymore. I had done a little bit like <laughs> one of my favorite stories, which I'll save for another time is uh, oh, my yes. first gig with you guys in 2002. The first time oh, I ever God, did a catering yes. gig was 2002. 
at the at the financial center. It was the yes. anniversary of 9-11 and Bush had spoken at the UN and it was a big event down there. And we all did that. I that was my that. first gig. That and was I remember your first gig? Was that, was that my first one? Gig. <gasps> I think it was a lot of people's first gig because wow. they needed so many people. Yes. And I remember it was like, it was like a penguin convention, like gathering on Chamber Street. They just said like, meet at like Chambers and whatever. Because they had to and do security just, for us. They yeah. Did, yeah had, and they didn't tell you what the event was. You didn't mm-hmm. know what it was. And then <clears throat> five minutes later, you're giving Kofi Annan a, a, a shrimp roll or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I don't know why I thought you were going to say, I was like, you're giving Kofi Annan a hand job in the back of the bar room. Well, that was, you know. That happened that behind was, the scenes. I, I got to say that because that's a great, great story. But that was my first gig. And I did a bunch like the next year or two, but then I didn't really do it after that. I wasn't good at it. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I'm paralyzed by the, you know, <laughs> like the, being a server, working in a restaurant. I've never you done should it. Be. I feel you like should I be, would be. It's unnatural. It's unnatural to walk around and go, would you like a duck roll? I'm here to serve I, I, you. I'm your servant. Yeah. Go to hell. You were good at it though, Dan. You, you, you cracked a whip, yes, man. You cracked a whip. Because I have no self-esteem. Because <laughs> I have no self-esteem. Because I lower the bar of inside my own soul. Because I go, oh, what's the lowest form? This is why I'm, you know, elbow deep in gunk back in Sanit in, in the puck building, trying to, trying to clog a drain, uh, unclog a drain from a, a, a building that was built in 1918. And you know who catered with us was, uh, which I didn't realize at the time, did it? Jim Gaffigan, right? Really? What? Yeah, what? Jim Gaffigan, because our friends Marvin and Molly, who were wonderful, they they kid, you know, that's how we, we met them. Yes. Uh, they reminded me that I guess his wife Jeannie. worked for the company. Worked for GT? Uh, Jim- Jeannie. I, I did, I, uh, Jen Pierce and I did improv with her and, yeah. and sketch. For oh, okay. a couple of years in the in the late nineties, and that was right around the time she started dating Jim. Yeah, yeah, I think she worked no there, and I don't know. They, I don't remember either, but apparently they said that Jimmy. But I'll tell you, there are, there are a lot of people who we worked with that I see on TV all the time now. Sure. I was like, oh yeah, I remember him and her and him and her. Yeah, yes, I get it. I'm woefully unsuccessful. <laughs> I get it. I wasted all of that time. Unclogging drains, serving duck rolls, ordering you around, hoping that anyone would notice. No one ever did. You did. You ordered me around a lot. You were good. You ran a tight ship. I remember the few times that were, I was like, I'm glad I know Dan. I'm glad Dan's my friend because otherwise I'd be like, this guy hates me. And he's and he's cracking the whip, like like Fred says. And, I, you know, I, I always felt like at least I have an in. At least he'll go easy on me because and then I didn't literally go to the same apartment. afterwards. <laughs> and then I was I always a little worried working under Dan, you know, when you were I captain. Know. As you should be. I, I, like, I gained a lot of weight at that time. Oh, you no. mean working <laughs> under me. <laughs> no, I didn't want to disappoint you because yeah. I put in the least amount of effort. You were good. You were at least a captain. You were like in charge. I put in the least. I literally, I never, and I, I did this on purpose. I always remember this. I wore the same tuxedo that I wore to my junior prom. I never <laughs> bought a new tuxedo because I thought if I buy a new, if I buy a new tuxedo, yeah. then I'm official, then I'm a caterer. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. And look, I, there, this is no why shame. you made it, it to Broadway, Fred. And this is why <laughs> I never did. This is why I went, oh, I'll buy 12 tuxedos and be <laughs> this. And this will be my identity. Why am I so depressed and angry at work? Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> As my soul dies. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll go see Avatar. That'll make me feel better. Oh, 
That was the, that was the <laughs> least, that was the last, the last thing, the least thing, the last thing. Oh, no. The least thing, the last thing. Oh, no. The least thing, the last thing. Oh, no. I, 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 I. I refused. What were you, now I'm getting depressed. Jason, what were you doing? Please say something good. It was all right. It was, I, was, I was trying to think back because I can't remember exactly what Christmas of 09 was, but I know I had just closed a show in New York. It was the, my first, I guess uh, technically it was my first off-Broadway show. So that was cool. It was a play called uh, Penny Pennyworth. Oh my God, that was a, brilliant. A of, I saw that. A it tale was of brilliant. great good fortune. Yes. And this company, Emerging Artists Theater, that I had been a member of so for, good. Uh, for many oh, years. Oh, is that, that the thing point. where you did the slow motion Scene, it was a Dickens spoof. It was a spoof of Dickens. It was, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. A spoof of Dickens. It was four actors. Four person show. I yeah. don't think, uh, the slow motion. Wait. I don't remember. No, not slow motion. What, what? There was something that you, I, I remember seeing that as I well. Had t- it, I had two characters where, um, I mean, I did multiple things in it, but I had two main characters. One guy had a severe stutter. That stutter. Was one yes, character. that's what it was. Severe, yes. severe stammer. Yes. So and good. the other character was the villain who was... Um, Named Rupert Strife, heir to the House of Strife, and he had a metal plate in his head from being kicked by a horse. And I remember the last part of the play. I walk around with a spatula connected to my head, but it was like very, like um, you know, very um, super villainy kind of deep, you know, uh, chocolatey voice that I had to had to do. And he's like seducing the young um, Penny Pennyworth, the girl who's like the the central figure. And yeah, this this fun ridiculous Dickens spoof that had had a life before I did it um, in readings and things. And I guess it had had like a little off, off Broadway run with another actor at one point. And then they, I think the, the original cast, it was only four people. The original cast came back except for one. And then I auditioned for that and filled that slot in, in fall of 2009. And then we remounted it again in 2010 and it ran for a couple months each time. And in fact, I'm going to do a, it's the 30th anniversary of the company, uh, emerging artists this year. And we're going to do a, like a a staged reading version of uh, Penny Pennyworth in, uh, in March, we're going to do it again, which is, and everybody's freaking out because they're like, Oh, I haven't, we're all so much older. I don't want to, I can't run around like that anymore. And they're like, (laughs) it's just a reading. It's just a reading. Don't worry. But it was, it was very, yeah, it was like, uh, like a lot of stuff I've done since very, Multiple characters running around craziness, you know, uh, it was very, very fun. I really was like happy to like be able to say, ah, first kind of off Broadway credit. And, and I think it was the first like New York times review. And I remember being like, but that, not that they mentioned me by name. It was like the whole cast is uh, wonderful, you know, and then put all our names there. And it was like, yes, I'm part of the cast. <laughs> the times. Yeah. That was wonderful in the New York times. I, it was, it was like the second time I'd ever been mentioned in the New York times. And the first time was not a pleasant <laughs> memory. And that's why I was like, yeah, finally something good. Because the first time I had been mentioned in the times was in, it was like 10 years earlier. I had done a show at Hofstra at our, our alma mater. I went back and I did a production of, uh, I hate Hamlet. And it wasn't for the theater department. Oh. It was for this company, Hofstra, I guess Hofstra USA. Is that what, uh, what they called it? Which was. Yeah. Kind I think of I like saw a, that. It was a production I did with uh, Ed Dennehy, Brian Dennehy's brother. 
um, right. who was, and they both went to school at Hofstra and they were both, you know, both performers, both, uh, and, 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 and Ed Dennehy maintained ties with Hofstra for, you know, th- throughout the rest of his, his life. He had acted and directed in projects for them over the years. And so he was playing the ghost of John Barrymore in this production of I Hate Hamlet. And I was playing the young actor who was a soap opera actor who was Kate playing Sam. Hamlet in Central Park and, and, and is visited by this ghost. And we had all these sword fights and <laughs> Ed couldn't, he never knew any of the most oh. in the sword fight. Never, ever. And when we were rehearsing it, I'd be like oh looking at the director, like this isn't it. And the director was like, for whatever reason, didn't want to like, I don't know what the relationship was with it. He was like, it's a, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. I was like, it's not all right. This guy's got a sword. I'm going to get hurt. And you don't know what he's doing with the sword. I got hit many times. (gasps) Got hurt many times. Was angry many times. No. So for some reason, the New York Times does this little article. I don't know if they were profiling Hofstra USA or this production for some reason, or Ed Dennehy is like an actor, you know, a New York, a Long Island actor of long standing or something, but it was basically an interview with him. And in the article, my name comes up because he says, oh, well, there's sometimes there's funny mishaps that occur. Like, uh, you know, like, like one day uh, the, the, the actor who plays opposite me, Jason O'Connell, uh, hit me with a sword. But, uh, you know, but, but, and I'm like, what? you son of a bitch. Uh, slander, <laughs> slander, you libel. Me I was like, was like oh you hit me God. many times. God. You son of a bitch. That's we, tough. We you read, you read a review like that, that'll get you blue. That'll <laughs> really get you <laughs> Blue. Oh, speaking of blue, that segue blue. No, no, I smell. I smell a golden Sheila winner. Um, Hang on, I gotta get more water. Oh, more water. Why don't you put well, he's he's drunk. It's it's you know he, nine he in the morning. It's eight in the morning where he is, and he's drinking Irish coffee. So know, he he's got to hydrate. He should put the products there next to him. What what, what <laughs> surface is he recording on that doesn't have room for a glass of water? I have water have, next to me. I have coffee. I have you know I have chestnuts. I literally have chestnuts on the table right here. But, oh no, yeah, I'll show them to you. There's a little plate. Let me of see. Beautiful. Oh my God, you really do. I wasn't lying. I have chestnuts. They're not over an open fire yet, but someday. I have Chet's nuts. <sighs> Chet. that's, another, that's another Chet. great segue, which Take takes us to. <laughs> oh God, okay. Avatar. The concept is to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars. They're grown from human DNA mixed with DNA of the natives. Marine in an avatar body. That's a potent mix. You get me what I need, I'll see to it. You get your legs, babe. Your real legs. Hell yeah, sir. Looks like you. This is your avatar. Just relax and let your mind go blank. It shouldn't be hard for you. That's what she said. That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight. On the lush alien world of Pandora live the naive, I'm sorry, the Navi, beings who appear primitive but are highly evolved. Because the planet's environment is inhospitable to us Earth folk, human Navi hybrids called avatars must link to human minds to allow them free movement on Pandora. A paralyzed former Marine named Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington, becomes mobile again through one such avatar and falls in love with a Navi woman, played by Zoe Saldana. 
As his bond with her grows, he is drawn into a battle for the survival of her world. Also starring Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, and Giovanni Ribisi, Avatar destroyed not only box office records, but also years of work on the part of writer-director James Cameron's therapist, who never stood a chance of curing his narcissism once the film earned a stratospheric $2.9 billion worldwide. Fred and Dan, what did you think of the 3D CG blue cat orgy slash smorgasbord known as Dances with Avatar? Did you see it when it came out? I did. I did. I saw it opening weekend, yeah. I saw it last night for the first time. Do you know why? (gasps) Really? Yeah. Why? Because Taylor, my wife, saw it at the time and was like, you're never seeing this. If you see this, we're never, we're not staying together. I'll break up with you. We're never getting married. It's never happening. Why? Because she loathed it that much. She, was, she didn't want oh, my soul. She didn't, she didn't want my soul to be poisoned by oh, it. Oh, wow. She didn't want my soul really? to, be poisoned, but to be poisoned by it. And and I'll tell you right now, she was right. She was right. <laughs> I shouldn't have, I should never have seen this movie. I should never have seen, I should never have capitulated to agreeing to see this movie. I'm no, sorry. I didn't that, realize it was no, a condition. No, no it was a condition of marriage. And, and she's already filed the papers now. She's filed the papers. It's <laughs> oh, over. No. It's all over. Oh, no. No. Um, no, I watched it last night. And uh, if you take a little sprinkle of Dances with Wolves, like you said, Jason, you throw in a little Pocahontas. You throw in a little, uh, you, you top it with a lot of Star Trek episodes. You yeah. uh, you uh, shake uh, liberally with uh, the Blue Man Group, and you have this, <laughs> and you have this movie. I don't know. Here's the thing, you guys, and I've said this about so many movies that we've watched. I I, I when it's a visual buffet of shit, I don't know what I'm supposed to look at. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. What is my eye? Where is my eye supposed to go? What is it supposed to be registering? 15 sixteenths of this movie is, look at this, isn't this pretty? 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 You really only have about a half hour of movie here. You know? But if if that, I mean, it's the, it's the, yeah, I mean, I, I think James Cameron's great. I mean, I really do. I, but, but I'm starting to have doubts. Well, I like. Well, this I think is for me is his low point, and it's his most recent film, other than the Avatar sequel, which I have no intention of going to see because the Avatar sequel is even longer and fuses the one other thing he's interested in going underwater. So it's blue people underwater. It's probably just, it's just a blue screen the entire time. I have no desire to watch the avatars swimming with dolphins and sharks and stuff, oh, but, boy. uh, but yeah, no, he, I, I mean, I really like Titanic. I really like true lies, love Terminator and Terminator two and aliens, aliens, which is a healthy helping I mean, of aliens in this because he, the other thing he loves is people inside of people robot inside suits. Iron Man suits, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He should have done Iron Man. He would have been the perfect director been for that because he really gets off on it or transformers. This also looked a lot like transformers, especially sure. the worst moment in the movie. And that's saying something when mm-hmm. the villain who's in a gigantic robot suit Ooh. pulls out a knife, like the, the yeah. robot would have Starts a giant a fight primitive looking knife on yeah. him. Like he's like, like he has a switchblade. It would, be, it would have been great if it was just a switchblade. If he went ka-ching and then a gigantic piece of metal comes out. It, it's a cartoon. It's a big cartoon. And, uh, and maybe it's, it's a, a big lot. video game and I can't sit and watch a yeah. video game for two hours and 43 minutes. I'm not 
interested. Get to the plot. Get to the point. The point. Get to the point, James Cameron. And for God's sakes, give us story and characters earlier. We get it. We get it. This is the most predictable movie we've seen on the podcast. I watched this thing. I don't know anything about Avatar because I've never seen it. My wife disallowed me from seeing it, as I said. 15 minutes in, I'm going, oh, this is how this is going to turn out. And it's exactly mm-hmm. how it turned out. There is, There are very, very few legitimate surprises in it. It is, yeah, it's, it's 99%. Look at this. Isn't this pretty? Look what our nerds made on our nerd machines, our nerd computers. Look at what the nerds made. Yay, nerds. That's most of the movie. The rest of the movie is Dances with Falls meets Pocahontas meets Aliens. Let me ask you this. I'm sorry, Fred. We haven't gone I know Fred's and, and gonna, I know Fred. And I think Fred liked it. Yeah. Do you know that? I didn't know that, but I can tell now. I can tell from his face. Yeah, I can tell from his face. It's funny, like it's it's the most popular movie of all time. It's beautiful. I had had more unpredictable. uh, I had more unpredictable uh, um, things happen to me while I was um, elbow deep at the puck building, uh, in 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 the in the bowels of the of the drains and the and the sinks there. Um, Let me ask you something in the movie. What is the, did I miss this? I probably did. What is the justification that they give for why, inside the internal logic of what the company is trying to do or what the Sigourney Weaver people are trying to do? What is the internal logic behind why the avatars um, wear human clothing like tank tops and shorts and speak vernacular English? rather than go in and not violate the prime directive all over the place and actually try to fit in and make the Navi think that they are also Navi. What What is the internal logic behind that? That made no sense to me, and it frustrated me for the first two hours until the action sequences started, and then I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, but you I make a point. I never, I never thought about my that. Head around it. The only thing that I can think of is that because Sigourney Weaver's character, because they are scientists and they are not, there's there's nothing, there's no deception involved in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's, my guess is it's saying we are taking on these avatars so we can live among you and learn from you, but we're not trying to be you. We're trying to make this very clear. We are observers. We are not trying to appropriate your race or you know we're not trying to be the 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 you know the we we, we don't want to try to they don't want to sneak in there like what what the the military complex is trying to do with with sully that that's that's what i would think that's what i take You're from blowing it. my mind right now are you saying to me right now that the navi <laughs> that the yeah. navi believe the sam worthington avatar the 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 Sigourney Weaver avatar and the right. third avatar they believe they the Navi know that they are avatars. I believe. Well, here's the thing. You're blowing I my mind right now. I don't know if they know that. With I don't know if they know that that's that Sully is. But I think they they He's definitely know. He's dressed in know. human clothes. He's dressed in oh, the yeah, clothes from the Sky People, and he shows up speaking English. 
the language Bingo. of the sky people. It makes Bingo, no yeah, sense. Because that's why he's not he's not assimilating. That's why. Uh, yes. That's no. Why yes. They, yes. What? You're right. You're right, Jason. Because they say we're going to learn from. He's a warrior. That, that, yes, they do yeah. know. They are fully they aware. Know. They know. They make reference to they that. That, that. They call them like. They know that the bodies that they're in are 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 created. But that they're in essence, pu- they're puppets of of that. There's a human controlling yeah. the body yeah. of the avatar. They know. I, that. I think so. so. Which is, which is sort of fucked up. The Navi know that. I, I believe so. I yeah. believe so. I just yeah. what I get. What I don't quite get is what? why the avatar needs to be like a combination of the human and the the Navi. I guess I don't quite get that because it's not like. It's a synthetic. Yeah, it's a synthetic, right? They create a synthetic. Mm-hmm. I am more like. confused than ever before. I'm, I now I, don't I, I just lowered my Sheila rating by two, <laughs> which probably takes me to a zero. That's the worst no. thing I've ever. The, your explanation of this, <laughs> not your your explanation, is lovely. The, but you, what your explanation did inside of me to me make I have to get more booze now because that's the worst. If that's the justification. Then the Navi are stupid. They're stupid. You they're, can't make the main characters stupid. They are stupid. a primitive culture. They're, I understand. I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, I know what I'm just oh saying. Oh my but, god. Dan, I agree with they, you. The sky people are coming and bulldozing us. A, that's prior to the movie, right? The sky people, the aliens, are coming and bulldozing us. You're pretending to be us. But you're wearing the tank tops that say Stanford and speaking the language of the sky people. And you've admitted to us that you're using a fake body to try to get in with us. But come on in. What? That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I think that the scientists, Sigourney Weaver's crew, have gained over time. They've gained their trust and saying, we're trying to help you. There are other sky people that are coming to, they want to do bad things. We're trying to stop that and we're trying to make this better. That doesn't happen until the end of the movie. No, I get that. Two hours and forty-five minutes of of look at leaves before we get. No, I get that impression in the beginning. I I don't. No, I don't agree with that. I I got got that pretty clear in the beginning that they were there. That they were an indigenous people that were that realized that they were. You know, these sky people were coming to sort of take over their land, and there was another set of the sky people saying, "We do not." We are not with these people. We want to help you. We want to learn from you. We we want to keep your culture thriving. So we're going to do everything we can to convince these other people to take another route. That and, was the impression that I and got. And we have made bodies to look like you, to fool you into thinking, why not just show up as people then? Why not just be people? I don't, I don't think it was to try to fool them. I know what you're saying. It, it, it is a little, it's, you know, it's because movie, as it's we say. It's the main thing of the movie. It's called Avatar. It's the title of it. I know, but how many times does an alien, believe me, Dan, I don't, I don't like it either, but how many times in a movie is it like, we're going to, uh, uh, Assimilate. Look like you, so we don't scare you. Like look like, like take on a form that you will be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's part of the assimilation. It doesn't have to be purely for deception. It could be just to, as like an easing in of life, and to be able to survive in that world. They're much bigger. They're much stronger. They're much. Fa- you know what I mean? It's like trying to like give them, um, I guess, some sort of. Uh, ability to exist in that world you have to be able to physically do certain things in order to be 
Right? Doesn't that make sense? Like a human yes, being. Yes, I, I think that's exactly there. what it is. <sighs> that makes it makes sense to me, and I and I buy ass. it. That is weak ass. Eh, I buy it. I, I go with it. The, the thing that I I was confused Terrible. about was why the Navi immediately were like, yeah, let's take this guy on. You Ridiculous. know, they're sort of like, oh, we could learn from him as a warrior. That that that's seemed what I'm that was that was the weak part to me. No, the, the weak part to me was that the Navi took on Sam Worthington's character and said, let's let's teach him our ways. Yeah. That I didn't really, that That's I didn't get. That's what I'm get. saying, because if they know that he's a sky person, a bulldozer person, that he's yeah. of that, gr- he says, no, I'm from the Jarhead clan. He says that. So, so he's trying to fool them into thinking he's from another Navi tribe. So no, th- it just no. does not track. No, they know that he's a warrior. They know that he's, they know that he's, he says, from they, they, they really, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the impression I'm ready that I to go got. To Sheila's. This movie makes no sense. You cannot justify. James Cameron's the worst filmmaker who's ever made films. You cannot justify this the way you're describing it. When Kirk and Spock decide to be Romulans, guess what? They alter their appearance to look like Romulans. When Riker goes to whatever planet that is, and he pretends to be whatever race that is, he puts on prosthetics to be them so he can figure out. Whether they're going to join the Federation or not. He's not like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a human, but I'm just trying to look like you. Trust me now. Handshake. We good? Boo. Boo. Zero Sheila's. Let's drink. Wow. This is the worst movie we've done on the podcast. <laughs> you, you know, you Fred, say that you almost like it? episode to episode. Fred, what did uh, you think of it? I remember Leprechaun. seeing it opening weekend, which is, by the way, that's the name of our podcast. I don't know hey, let's drink to that. <laughs> I saw it. And uh, what what's funny to me is there was so much hype about this movie when it came out. And you I was think? I was a little confused yeah. at the time because I was like, Avatar, what is that? It seemed, I don't know. It, it just. It, it, it just sort of like came so out of nowhere. Shitty things like Treasure Planet. It looked like a, a Titan AE. It looked like a lot of like CG animated video game based Bullshit. movie. It just didn't. It wasn't. It it didn't feel like it was going to be the event that it was. Not no, by a long and which is why the, the big thing was you have to see it in the theaters because of this new 3D technology. Yeah. And I will say, when Kate and I saw it in the theaters. I was blown the fuck away by it. Mm-hmm. It really was the most immersive experience, I, like oh, disorienting at times. But then once you got used to it, I, I, it was really sort of amazing. And I remember we walked out of there just thinking like, wow, that was unbelievable. And then I couldn't, until I rewatched it the other night, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Like that was the amazing yeah. thing. We were so like, whoa, what are we watching? And, you know, I remember seeing it and thinking, having some problems with the movie and not thinking it was perfect, but still being really swept up in the, in the, the, the epic of it all. And, but just the, the, the 3d quality blew me away, you know, and it's like watching it again. I kept thinking of like, you know, what's amazing is I, I feel like, in rewatching it, it holds up visually, I think, outside of the 3D, as opposed to like a Jaws 3D. There, like, there's no, no shots of just like a fish head floating, you know? Absolutely. It, it, I would it have welcomed filmed- that. I would have been more entertained by that, <laughs> even though I found that shot scary, scarier than anything else in Jaws 3D. <laughs> I couldn't tell, I had no interest in revisiting Avatar yeah, after I mean, that. I remember even smart. when my kids watched it, I thought, eh, I don't, I don't, like, I remember being blown away, but. 
eh, it sort of faded, which I think is what happened with most people. But I'll tell you, watching it this time, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, and there, there are holes here and there. And look, James Cameron's writing can be, be, can be clunky. I mean, that's been proven in Titanic and a lot of his other movies. Um, but just in terms of dialogue, I don't know. It still held my attention. I still, I, I, I did not feel as you did, Dan, that I didn't know where to look. I, I found it very easy to, to watch actually. And I, I was you impressed that it could be. You have a television than I have. Your television is nice. No, I watch it on my phone actually, which I was, oh. I, I sort of thought, I don't know if I want to do this. Millennial. Yeah, I'm totally. Wow. Which I know is like sacrilege to say, but I thought, let me. And I, as as I was doing it, I thought, I don't know, this, this is this is gonna lessen the experience for me. I don't think I should be doing this, and it did. And I followed the story. Um, I I forgot about the the narr- how it start. You know, it's Sam Worthington's sort of his narration doing that log throughout, which. Mm-hmm. I liked, I mean, again, there are holes here and there. There are certain times when it was going on that I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. Um, but I, w- what I appreciated about, you know, you're saying everything like looks so pretty and I sort of, I like that in a way. It took me by surprise because a lot of times, especially with the creatures, when, the, when all the creatures started to show up, I know you're rolling your eyes, Dan, but <laughs> I found them pretty terrifying yeah. and they're also... They were, it's, there's a different look to them, which you don't see because they're very, normally when you see creatures like that, you know, they're, there's something, uh, uh, more primordial and like you see the, 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 you know, the, the, the texture of their skin is rougher and they're just scarier and there's a disgusting quality to them, I guess, you know, they look mm-hmm. more like dinosaurs, I guess, or mm-hmm. there's something scarier. These, these creatures, there's something slick and beautiful about them, which I just thought was a different and interesting aesthetic choice, something that you haven't seen. So um, that impressed me. I thought, okay, that'll take me. I thought the language work was pretty impressive. Um, Not that that, you know, you hold a movie by that, but uh, I don't know. I was, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed watching it. Will I ever want to, here's the thing with this movie. Do I ever want to watch it again? No. 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 And that's what it is. I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on, and maybe it's everything that you're saying, Dan, But because that was the same thing. After I saw it in the theaters, I thought, well, I saw that. That's it. I don't want to go through that again. Mm. But that was also had to do with the 3D immersiveness of it. And I thought, you can't watch this movie if you're not seeing it in that environment. Mm. Watching it again, I'm realizing, oh, you can. It still holds up as, as you know, a regular non-3D movie. Uh, but I don't know if it, it didn't, uh, th- there's, th- I wasn't emotionally connected to it because that, to well, me, that's the biggest go. fault of the movie well, is it's go. completely predictable. You know exactly yes. what's going to happen. No question. You can't get emotionally caught up with it in the same way you can't get emotionally caught up, caught up in most video games because, oh, we have to fight the beast of Glib Glorp to get the crystal of, of Clim Clam. And then we have to uh, defeat the, uh, the, the next challenge and go to the next thing. It's a v- the reason you don't get caught up in this is because it's a video game for 15 sixteenths of it. I can't. I can't. It, it, it's, it's a very... First of all, I don't think they look good. I think the design of the creatures is... Of the, of the avatars, of the main characters is 
poor. I don't think they, it it looks like cats. I mean, uh, people make fun of cats. I think the cats and cats probably look better than, than these things. They look very simple, very cartoony. That's what I think is weird about it too, because as I, as Gene Shalit said earlier, the natural world stuff is amazing. The, the texture, the worlds you could, Mm -hmm. you, I, I watched it the other day and I thought, boy, it is amazing how well some of these visual effects hold up and that it's, that the the landscapes and the environments are so rich and beautiful to look at, but that's like a screensaver. That's like, I mean, five it, minutes. It's not five a minutes movie. And I go, it's like cute. It's like that's going it. to the <laughs> lovely. It's like going to the planetarium. That's not a movie. That's like you, it's, you say, oh, an immersive experience. Look, this is amazing. Oh, look how cool. Look at planets. Look at things, and then you leave. It's not a movie. That's the problem with this is that it is an If this thing was not in 3D, it would have made $40 back in 2009. It would not. <laughs> no, seriously. It, it, people You're were going through right. the 3D technology. The story is very, very thin. The CG, yeah, the CG, again, I, I'll stand by it. The CG world is very beautiful, but the CG of these blue cats, it's not impressive. It doesn't look as good as characters in the star wars prequels even it's i think it's very poor i think they look very poor. no i don't agree with you i think it looks a lot better than the star wars prequel. i think the character design looks like crap sigourney weaver's avatar you can't tell me you take just a a snapshot of sigourney (laughs) weaver's avatar (laughs) just staring blankly and put it next to no put it not even compare it to anything just say this is a shot from the highest grossing motion picture in history, you'd say, oh, what have we become? What have we become? <laughs> That's oh, what humanity. I would say. That's it what is I was not, saying the whole it, time. I don't know. I was pretty impressed with the mocap work. I thought it was, oh boy, I mean, I really in, in comparative like to, to now, what we see now, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, you could call it slightly primitive. No, compared but, to what um, we see then. I didn't like it. I did not like it in 2009. I thought, boy, this looks, this looks bad. But the hmm. 3D hammers at you. For two and a half hours, it's the, the 3D technology is amazing. The environment work again. That's why I said, or why Mr. Shallot said, the trees. <laughs> if you like trees, it's a great movie. Yeah. But but it's it, it, I, yeah. I don't trees. care for the design at all. And I think and the plot is so paper thin. I was saying to Kathy, I was like, it's like if you took three hundred million dollars to make a movie of Jack and the Beanstalk. It's the most simplest story. Like, what's the simplest story? A to B to C that you can get and say, like, here's a thing to hang special effects on. And then you hang all the special effects on it. It's just it's just too thin. It's too thin. The The villains are too thin. The the everything about it, the, the narrative, it's all cobbled together as Star Wars is pulled together from other things, other myths, other whatever. But for some reason in Star Wars and in a lot of these other fantasy epics, it it works and it feels rich. And this felt like very, it felt very, very basic, an excuse to be a a special effects showcase. It was just a skeleton for a special effects showcase. And James Cameron's really interesting because he's got this, I don't know if it's like a self-loathing thing he's got going on because he, he claims to be so in in enthrall to the net our natural world and you know and especially you know i'm sure this next movie now way of water because he's done so much 
underwater exploratory 3D filmmaking and you right. know, going down to the Titanic and everything. It's, he's, very, he's very fascinated by that. He's very interested in that. He's committed his life to it. But he also, he has such a fucking hard on for the military and destruction yes. and iron yeah. suits. It's God. really, it's, it's at odds with itself in a way that you say, well, that's great conflict for a movie. Yeah. But it feels like it's a conflict in him. Like, I don't know what he's more in love with, or actually I do, I think, I think he is more in love with the technology and the iron suits and all that stuff truly. But I think he feels bad about that. And that's why he's like, but isn't the world so beautiful? It's so beautiful. I'm going to make a pink and blue version of it that I can, you know, that I can have feelings about because I don't really care about the real world. <laughs> you right. Know. Yeah, that's it. I, but I think I you know. can that's have it. that. Con- I mean, I actually think that's really interesting what you just said. And I think that's a really interesting, whether or not know, you I'm like the end result. Very interesting. No, I think that's sort of a fascinating thing for a director to try to work out. Again, whether you whether you, you get like more the end result, the more I drink. It's it's sort of an inverse proportion rule. <laughs> I'm sorry, huh? I'm, you're Come right. On. I'm sorry, Fred. Those but to work that on. to work that struggle out because he does. Yeah, he does get the. Um, I noticed that you know in terms of like the jarhead lingo, he's really Cameron <laughs> yeah. is really good at that, and he likes that. And I and I actually think you know it's funny when I. When I first saw the movie, I wasn't crazy about Sam Worthington, and I liked him this time. I thought he played a—he was like a pretty good lunkhead. I, well, yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are both but shaking this is your the heads. No. This is the problem. You can't make the main character a lunkhead. You, he, he, yeah, he, you can, but he's got to grow, and I think he does grow. I think you can make him a lunkhead. It's imperceptible. He, he's Chris uh, Pratt without uh, any of the person. Chris Pratt, he's— uh, Chris Pratt is an avatar for like for Sam Worthington. Like, <laughs> they look the same. Sam Worthington is the destitute man's crocodile Dundee. A. <laughs> B. Half the time he's going, we gotta get out of here, Navy. His, his Australian accent's coming in hard whenever he gets excited. And it's like, yeah, you spent yeah. all that money. Couldn't get him a dialect coach. You spent all that money. Couldn't couldn't get rid of the Australian accent. He's a Marine. Third. I thought he's he did a, a good job. Dumb dumb. He's a he's dumb, dumb. He's very you bland. cannot make very the bland. character a dumb dumb. He, the first thing we see him do on the planet is go, cool, plants, and touch his plants. Then the plants go away and the thing tries to kill him. The very next thing he does once he meets Zoe Saldana, he starts touching plants. You're an idiot. You deserve to die. If you're going to not <laughs> I don't think learn, he's an idiot. if you're not going to learn from your mistakes, you deserve death on a planet of nothing but de- on a planet of nothing but death. It is hard to fill a cup which is already full. My cup is empty. Trust me. <sighs> Just ask Dr. Augustine. No scientist. What are you? I was a Marine. A, uh, a warrior of the Jarhead clan. I think he plays it as a Jarhead, as a guy who only knows the mil- he, oh, he knows one thing. And this is it. He knows he's a warrior. He's a part of the military. He's indoctrined into this world. Stupid head. And I think he plays that well. And then I think I I I saw the growth in his character. I actually did. Um, The plot of this movie is dummy changes his mind. That's the plot of the movie. (laughs) Four four words. Dumb dumb changes his mind. (laughs) Scorny Weaver was okay. Half a Sheila. G- oh, I think Giovanni Ribisi was quite good. He's, he's good in everything. Good. I love him. He's always him. good. He's, he's, always always good. He's, he is, he is fantastic. He's always say, lovely. Look, Sully, Sully, just find out what the blue monkeys want. 
you know, I mean, we, we, we tried to give them medicine, education, uh, uh, roads, but no, 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 they like mud. And, and, and that wouldn't bother me. It's just that they're, uh, it, can, can somebody just, sector 12. Okay, go, 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 stop. Stop, Rich, stop, that's Jesus. Their damn village happens to be resting on the richest unobtainium deposit within 200 clicks in any direction. I mean, look at all that cheddar. <laughs> Zoe Saldana. Oh, she's great. Yeah, Always she's, she's great. And she, she, everyone else I see in their avatar. I, I don't, I, I don't agree with what you said before, Jason. I see Sigourney Weaver in that oh, avatar. I, I see, see Sigourney Weaver in it, but it looks like Sigourney Weaver is a cartoon cat. I'm just oh, saying it looks yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't look like Sigourney Weaver. Oh, it I looks gotcha, too I gotcha. much like Sigourney Weaver, quite frankly. Oh, when I, she I, I see. I memory in the middle. I was out. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I had a hard time seeing Zoe Saldana in, in her avatar, but I thought she was great. I thought, you see, know, I yeah, saw her and I thought that I thought that was the best, you know, in terms of my feelings about the technology or the special effects, I don't know why, but hers looked the best. I think she's very, like, incredibly adept at acting through yes, stuff and like exactly. giving the animators got it. stuff to work with because her, her stuff looked better than anybody else's. I trusted you. Trust me now, please. You not not be your You will never be one of the people. There's a a vibrant quality to to her that it doesn't seem to be present in any of the other CG characters for me. Her not eyes even have Weaver, life. She's a great actor, but she's just not in that guise very much. You her know? eyes um, have life. Sam so much. Eyes are dead. I can't speak. Crocodile and it's hard to know like whether life. it's Paul Hogan's eyes have life. Oh my Other God. Australians that we know and love, their eyes have life. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. I thought Stephen Lang Kate, was good. Kate Blanchett's eyes have life. Stephen Lang was fine. He's truly loathsome, which I like. He has yeah. no redeeming qualities. When I was guesting on John Flynn's podcast, his co-host uh, Mark Rennie, he says this a lot when they're reviewing movies. He says. He'll be like, he knows what movie he's in. That's what, mm. that's what Mark Rennie's little line says. That's he good. knows what like movie that. he's in. And I'm like, I that's like a that. good point because that's what I felt when I watched Stephen Lang. I was like, I don't like, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's very bad guy, but that's the movie he's in. That's yeah. the character he's playing. So he is truly appropriate for his surroundings. And I think yes. it's very interesting when an actor, you know, it's, like a Zoe Saldana can really kind of rise above stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Stephen Lang is meeting it right where it is. And Sam Worthington. And it's not the same, this isn't supposed to knock it. Sam Worthington. It's like, it's the same thing that Hayden Christensen or a lot of actors. Have. It's like, Ooh. sometimes it's like, I'm just, he and the director wants this. They want a blank slate to project things on whatever right. he hopes in the final analysis, the visuals will do for the performance. And it's, it's a tricky line to walk for everybody, but it's always so impressive when somebody can, where you're like, I feel like they lived among the effects somehow. And that's rare. And that's something Zoe Saldana does. It's like the great actors in Lord of the Rings, like uh, McKellen and stuff do that very well, but mm -hmm. it's hard. I don't, I don't envy somebody like being in a mocap suit, looking at tennis balls and like, you know, trying to, you know, be, be, do Shakespeare, you know, it's not, <laughs> this stuff's not easy, but, um, 
Yeah, yeah. But that's why Cameron mm. likes a Michael Bean because he's that sure. he's that same kind right. of thing in Aliens and Terminator. It's because he's 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 that blank slate that he's like, okay, this is who the audience is. Is they're they're as dumb as Sam Worthington. Therefore, I don't have to meet their intelligence where it's probably at. I'll just look. I'll just show throw candy at them and they'll go ooh. I stand by my half Sheila. The only thing that I really thought was icky was, and I get, you know, you get this in Dances with Wolves and, and all the other things that, mm. you know, you can compare this to is that, I mean, he's still, he's, it's the white savior, you know, Jake Sully yeah, is the white savior. Yeah. The fact that, you know, he's the one who conquers the, the you know, the giant flying thing, whatever it's called, took a, to, right. to, to Ricky Tiki Timbo or whatever <sighs> to, it is. Um, Toucan Sam. It's Toucan Sam. Um, you know, and the fact that he's leading the charge to battle Sam. at the end. It's like, but but you're not really, you're one of us, but you're not really one of us. You're still right. the, you know, the white savior coming. But I, I did, that being said, I I thought that that battle at the end is pretty damn epic. Yeah, I I, good. I, I was, I was pretty blown away by it. You know, like that's the thing. Everything you're saying makes sense. But for some reason watching this time and I didn't expect it, it was like all the, the frou-frou candy, you know, color stuff that's on that James Cameron has thrown on top of all this. Maybe that's the only thing that it's hanging on. I, it, it, I, it swept me up. And so it, it's, my Sheila rating is actually, I mean, I'm living in like an eight no, because stop it. it's again, it's not a movie that I, I necessarily would be like, oh, let's watch Avatar. Like I want to see again, but it's, I do feel it's impressive what he's done and it's epic. And I was never bored. There were a lot of times when I'm going, huh, really? how do they suddenly have, how do the Navi have like neck comms? You know, they can like talk to each other, you know, like uh, <laughs> Captain like America and Iron Man. Well, I like I that because it. in, in, in Marvel movies, they just like are talking and you're like, who are you talking to? Yeah, well, they, they have like earpieces, but they never, you know, no. they, that's, you know, they conveniently, <laughs> yeah. No, I liked it too. It just, I just thought, it, oh, yeah. suddenly they're, they're that technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little confused, but I don't know. I'm it, sorry, it's, Fred, I'm stuck on this. You were never bored. I wasn't. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. You're so mean. Dad. <laughs> Really? So this is what you were like when you were so when you were captain in, as, in catering. You're you're mean. Listen, Inf- inflexible. Sam Worthington, Worthington working under a Stephen Lang. That's like you guys working under a me. Get this done. <laughs> Do it now. And at the you end, those, let's, and at the end, scars let's, on your face. Yeah, let's burn it all at the end because that's what, <laughs> um, what I felt like doing. Here's what I feel like: if it was just like a screensaver of the natural world with those floating mountains. That's amazing. The floating mountains yeah. are beautiful. No, it isn't. Beautiful. I think I thought they were beautiful. I mean, it, it yeah. makes no sense. Okay. But I thought, as a visual, again, as a visual, that dragon birds flying around. I thought those things look good. If you just have that, no characters, no dialogue, just that set to Pink Floyd. That's a nine. While you're drunk or high and you are and and you have hello, hello, is there anybody in there? I would love that. Which is what you say to Sam Ward. I would sit down right now with my Christmas tree in there. I got my Santa hat, my Christmas tree. I would load up on a little, I got some Jack Daniels inside. I would load up, sit on the couch. A little I don't have a fireplace, but I'd pretend there's a fireplace and then just watch that happening for two hours. That'd be lovely. And that would be a nine. As it stands, this is a four for me. Wow. Okay. Four. Mother, do you think they'll try to break 
My balls. My balls. Half, a, half a Sheila. <laughs> you insensitive asshole. Here's a behind the scenes glimpse. Is cold open different from a shallot open? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. What's the difference? Could, or it could be, or it could not be. What's the difference? <laughs> An opening that's not shallot, but it could but be a shallot opening. It, when when it's not shallot, he just uses a clip, doesn't he? Sometimes, sometimes it's like Schwarzenegger. There's a. The, the Schumacher, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Joel Schumacher. Pushing, yes, that's yeah. a good one. That's my book. Pushing through this with skin on my teeth. I don't even know what that means. I know what it means. Joel Schumacher, how they allow you, son. Yeah, that's good. That's going to be my Joel Schumacher. You know what I find myself listening to if, if I do go back and listen to an episode? And I was all set to talk about this today, but it's from the previous year, so I can't. It's the when we did the uh, Terminator, <laughs> and then that ends with Mr. Tote's Wild Ride, which I didn't realize. And then he does the, and then he with us talking about it. Then in the next episode, he does the cold open of Mr. Tote's Wild Ride, which is not only the best cold open, the best thing on any podcast in the history of podcasts. Oh my god, that's right. I forgot you're about muted. that. Oh no, no, you're not muted. Yeah, it's the greatest. I for- yeah, I forgot about that. You should have celebrated oh, wow. all of that. You won the contest. Meet recovering alcoholic Arnold Ernst Tote. We are, we are not thirsty. He's got an eye for the ladies. We meet again for a night. And he loves to share his feelings. What shall we talk about? But when tensions flare and cultures clash... Americans, you're all the same. Always overdressing for the wrong occasions. And his true love's ex arrives on the scene unexpectedly... The man is nefarious. Tote decides to take her out for a night of intolerance she'll never forget. Let me show you what I am used to. Mr. Tote's Wild Ride. You'd be crazy to not see it on the big screen. June 23rd. Does every open space have to be filled in? I have been in this business 52 years and I will... I've never seen anything like this. Yes, it is time for the third annual Golden Shields. Are you excited, people? Are you as excited as we are? Third annual. Um, My God. Third annual. I know. Can you believe it? (laughs) What are we doing? Why why have we made the decisions that we've made? What does that got to do with anything? Look, I want. How many Golden Shields will I win this year? That's (laughs) all All of them. Only time, only time will tell. Now, did we? Now, Fred, you're usually the arbiter of these things. Did we? I know. Uh, we, I, I did see one email that had some uh, possible um, nominees from 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 friends far and wide. Did you get? Uh, did you get input from? Uh, 
some of it like Damon Suds. The uh, the yeah, we got a few. <laughs> we got a few. Um, our, our good friend Al Pagano actually, uh, who's got a movie coming out called yes. the Condor's Nest, which I know, looks that's very so exciting. exciting. It comes out in January, uh, right? I think so. Yeah, that looks amazing. Uh, he he sent us a very long list. <gasps> Fortunately, they were all uh, episodes that weren't this year. So oh, oh, that's why because yeah, a lot of people yeah. go back and they start listening. Yeah, they they start listening from the beginning or they hop around and yeah. What yeah, were yeah. some of his? Just rattle rattle off one or two. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find them. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, right I did, I, So I know, he I, loved. Um, he said the uh, his his favorite cast member of opening weekend is Dan. That's Thank not a golden you. Sheila, Thank but na- now we know. It goes without yep. saying. Fuck off. His his favorite childhood story is Dan talking about his fear of fish. Thank you. Uh, best celebrity phone call is the first time Nick Nolte called in on the future phone. <laughs> uh, favorite member of the Arthropod Squad is probably Nicholson. Yes. Uh, he says he he also loves the business with that Ardwolf character. Forgot his name. The business uh, with. <laughs> His favorite sound clip is "You Won the Contest," yes. and um, his favorite moment ever was Nick Nolte talking about the Superman costume. Um, he loves it. He loves the podcast, and we think he thinks that we should get money and advertisers. So, any advertisers, if you're listening, Al Pagano says you should give us money. And so, he's a movie star now. I will say, here's my beef with Al Pagano right now. Oh, he, said, he, he starts. He comes out of the gate and he says, "Dan's my favorite." Yeah, and then thank you. Who does? I'm not to not to break the fourth wall. Who does Nicholson? Who does McNulty? Who does all the things you love on this fucking thing? Al, think about it. If you put, if you spent two seconds, you took that pig brain of yours and you spent two seconds thinking about who does all the stuff you love is just because Dan comes in and he goes ah yakatakata and he farts with his hands and he's and he has very strong opinions about things. If that's what you like out of a movie podcast, well then I guess Dan's your man and you can have the golden shield. Uh, the other I give thing the people about what they want, I give the people what they want. Does every open space have to be filled in? The other thing about Al's list is it shows that we peaked a long time ago, right? Because those are all season one. <laughs> That's what I was Everything thinking. Is season one. So I can only hope that he's just like listening in order and hasn't gotten farther than that. But if he's like, no, it was really the first 20 were great. I tend to agree. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which is not only the best cold open, the best thing on any podcast in the history of podcasts. Damon gave a golden Sheila, which I think we agree. I think we will we'll just give a golden Sheila unto itself to our uh, my brother-in-law Jake Thomas's fan art. Incredible. Bravo. Damon says that gets a golden Sheila, Incredible. which yes, incredible. The, the, so, the poster so work, yes. which we've had a few. We, we got to get that out to the people because a few people have mentioned um, wanting to purchase that. So we'll 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 figure out a way to do that. We'll get we on. Got to finally figure out that it's it's aching. This podcast is aching to be monetized in some fashion. Wow. Now we have, now we have literally have a thing that like what the kids call merch. We literally have a thing yes. that could be considered merch. And we just, we still, it's, it's, we're just so magnanimous and we just have, <laughs> you know, the, there's, not, there's not a commercial <laughs> yeah, yeah, bone in our body. Is. That's what it is. We don't like money. We yeah. do not like it. No. Don't try to send it to us. No. God. Oh, no. God. No. All right. Uh, our, our old pal Mike Zarzicki, of course, no surprise, his best episode, episode 71, The Half Hollow Hills special, Joe oh, versus the Volcano. Yes. And House Party. With House Party. 
I mean, he requested that episode, so of course that's his favorite episode <laughs> yes, of the but year. It was a very good episode. So, it was a and good he thought, one. And he, he, he gave a a, a a best singing Golden <gasps> Sheila, which we've never had best singing that's to right. Dan singing the 1986 New York Mets theme song from episode <gasps> 73. Gonna make it this time. We're gonna take it home. Let's go. Let's go. And that's gotta be all yes. slap in your face, Fred, because you sing constantly on this yeah, podcast, and I do, I do all I can to cut, cut it out, trim it back, cover it. <laughs> yeah, but I just sing Doc in and you know, and, and Live Aid, and Hearing Aid. I mean, you know, so. Hearing Aid. <laughs> And That'll I don't sing. Dan, Dan does the yaka daka daka when he sings, so I, I feel like that adds. Shut up! Fantastic. Well, the Golden Shields. The Golden Shields. We have this arbitrary list of things uh, that could happen in any order. There's no, you know, I, 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 I know we end with hand fart because that's how the episodes always end. But uh, and here at the Golden Shields, we do things a little different. Normally, you save base, best picture for the end. We don't do that. <laughs> we come right out of the gate and we say, what was the best movie we reviewed this year. Now, since we've started going to the bi-weekly format, it's mm. it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, a slightly smaller pool. I, I bet we're going to have overlap here. I bet we're going to have overlap because it's mm. not like we had like fifty-two episodes to choose from. It's right. like we had like a tight twenty-something uh, to work with, and I think it's very clear what the best movie we reviewed is, but oh. I want to know what, well, I think it's a tie, but I want to know what you boys think. What are your Golden Sheila nominees for Am best? I, movie we reviewed this year. Am I allowed to predict what I think yours will be? Sure. Okay. I'm gonna protect I'm gonna predict that yours your your and Fred's is either Boogie Nights or a tie between Boogie Nights and Glen Gary Glenn Ross. Am I correct? Ding ding, correct. ding 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 ding. That's a tie for me between Boogie Nights and Glen Gary Glenn I Ross. Knew it. I knew yeah, it. me too. I sort of gave it to Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights eked it out. A little bit. That's how that, I have it, too. Out over the Boogie top Nights is, is top, and then I have a, like, a parenthetical Glengarry. So what about you, Dan? You I'd predict, see, I can't you, guess. You I would have thought mine. Well, I... <sighs> will it be Hanky Panky? Will it be Hanky Panky or Angel Eyes? Or a tie between the two? <laughs> Angel Eyes. I, would, <laughs> I forgot about Angel Eyes. I would like to think that you would share our sentiments for Boogie Nights and Glengarry, but I fear... The Toxic Creepers. Avenger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there was another one I thought of too. I I, I forgot. There was another one that I thought. Oh, Dan's gonna say, blah blah blah. But I can't. I can't recall right now. Yeah, no, I don't know. I would have thought you'd be up there with uh, with Glenn Gary, if nothing else. I don't know if you're as big a. a oh, maybe uh, Back to the Future. Ding ding ding. That's uh, mine. Oh, there okay. you go. Back to the Future. Now, I, I don't know what I gave a higher Sheila rating to, Back to the Future or Boogie Nights or Glengarry, but I feel like they were in the same wheelhouse. Oh, sure. So, but I'm going to go with Back to the Future. Okay. That's back, so back good. to the Boogie, Back to the Boogie Night. Yeah. Back to the Future. We'll, we'll, we'll call that. And, and for me, it's a tie with the last third of Offbeat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, all right. So let's say, so I get, I mean, but if we're going to give it to one. I think Boogie Nights. Boogie wins Nights, yeah. Let's give it to Fred Boogie and Nights. I, Fred and I, uh, that gets the shield. I have that up on the top. All right. Ta da. Here you go, Boogie Nights. Do you have anything to say? Any words? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I guess. Wow. Well, I guess the only thing I can say 
is I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling and making better films. Shut up! Shut up! Worst movie we reviewed. Worst movie we reviewed. I think I know what Dan's answer is. I mean, is it Avatar? Are you giving it to Avatar right now? Or does this count for next year's gold? You can't give it to Avatar. I don't think I can give it to Avatar. I don't think I can. It's up there. It's up there. Um, you or go down there. We'll buy. Well, I mean. The, oh, I got one. Yeah. You got, I got one. Yeah, go I mean, I know what mine is. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think. What is it? I mean, visually, just in terms of like movie making, it would be easy to say Toxic Avenger. But mm. no, I think the worst movie, I think might have been Mad Money. Oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's like good. Pretty bad. Me. That money was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Oh, from the doldrums of January of last year. Yes, 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 yes. Holmes used to be an actress. No, we had a bad. lot. I feel like we had more bad movies this year than good. I, I felt like it was really easy to, to, to come up with like, what's the best movie? And I was like, well, there's only four good ones. So let's yeah. narrow it yeah. down. Um, yeah, there was some, that's all on me. I picked the schedule. But <laughs> yeah, that's your fault. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to go with Toxic Avenger because oh. it is poorly made and it made my stomach churn <laughs> like nothing has since nothing but yeah. trouble. So I just for that, just for what it did to me and it didn't even look good while doing it. I get that it's parody. I get that. It, I get all the things that you too sick, sick sons of bitches love about it. But uh, yes. no, for me. Toxic Avenger. I, I don't. I don't love much about it. It, oh, it made me feel the it. same way. Oh yeah. But I feel like I. I, I only. But you knew what it was doing, and I'm you like, were it's giving do, it a pass. that's what it's. That's what it's doing. Mad Money was trying. <laughs> it was trying to be a good movie and just wasn't. <laughs> How about um, you, Danny? Yeah, we did see some bad movies this year. Uh, yeah, Mad Money is up there, down there. Twenty Seven Dresses, same episode. Same Dive episode down there. <laughs> Bad. Um, uh, Batman and Robin, gentlemen, has to. Oh. I, I, that might squeak right. in as mine, unless a case can be made for the worst movie we saw being a truly something I just never want to see again. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That was just. Mm. But that guy who plays Napoleon was good. He was better than anything in <laughs> Batman and Robin. So I think maybe Batman That's and Robin weird. squeaks squeaks it out like a wet like a wet one of these. Superman wow. is pretty bad. I'm sorry, Jason. Um, I would be. What, yeah, what was, I, I what, think Batman. You're sorry about what? You sorry because it's Batman. No, Superman Batman three. Robin. Superman three was also bad. Superman three was really um, bad. Yeah. Mm -mm. But uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Not gonna, Superman three is nowhere near as bad as Batman and Robin. You're right. No, you're right. Mad money. You're right. <laughs> Harlem well, maybe, it is. maybe it is. Solar babies are pretty bad. Yeah, I. I oh God, I, solar I, I, babies. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go Batman and Robin. I think. I think that's, that's the good. one. That's the one. Because uh, well, we don't have consensus, but I I agree with you. Batman and Robin is. I I, I any chance to give Batman and Robin shit, I will. I will. Uh, yeah. I'm all on board for. So I would. I, I'll. I'll kind of shift over to that column a little bit too. And, uh, yeah. but man, money is bad too. Bad money is bad. That was yours, Fred, right? Bad money. Is bad. That was mine. Yeah. Yeah. That was really bad. All right. Mad money and Batman and Robin tie. 
Thank Boom. you. There we go. Thank Worst movie you. we saw that reviewed this year. Holmes used to be an actress. It's a cold town. Fantastic. We're just we're just we're doing it, guys. We're, we're cranking through. through these. Let me drink. Mm, let me drink more of my delicious alcohol drink. Mm. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It's nine o'clock in the morning. I'm drinking coffee. Um, I'm thinking. Biggest surprise. What was the biggest surprise? And this could be a good. Oh, I know mine. I have two. Like I have. Uh, I have like a, a good surprise and bad surprise. I have. I have uh, one of each. How about you, Fredo? Ooh. You know, my, Ooh, my. Uh, my biggest good surprise is it was a tie, but I think it would eke out between Romy and Michelle's high school reunion and house party. But I think <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give it to Romy and Michelle. That really I I enjoyed that so much. Uh, I think the worst. The most, like the biggest disappointment was, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it was Superman 3. I knew that would be for you. I know because yeah. I remember how you said but, that. But biggest surprise in general, uh, yeah, Romy and Michelle. Romy and Michelle. Because you had never seen that before. I'd never seen it yeah, and I didn't think I was going to so like good. it. And yeah. I, I I found it thoroughly enjoyable, yeah. For me, my biggest surprise in the positive column, like the most pleasant surprise actually was Offbeat, which I found yeah, really, really there. charming. Yeah, I, yeah, I really fun. enjoyed that. I mean, it's a far from perfect, but I enjoyed it more than I ever thought I would. It engaged mm-hmm. me more than I ever imagined. I thought it was going to really be one that I'm watching with one eye while I'm doing something else. And I really was pulled into it. As ridiculous as it is, I ju- there was just something about it. The, the cast of characters, there was a charm about it. Really, I had fun. I enjoyed it. For me, the biggest disappointment was Back to the Future 3, which is not that I thought Back to the Future 3 was great to begin with, but I went into it anticipating that like, well, it's better than part two. It's, you know, whatever. I'm going to, it's going to be this dip and I'm going to come back and be like, well, it doesn't end on the highest note, that trilogy, but it ends on a pretty positive note. And as we discussed it, I got angrier and angrier at Back to the Future Part 3. I remember that, yeah. And, 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 and I, it's been a long, I don't know that I've ever quite felt that way. Like, as I'm talking about it, getting more upset with it and lowering the shield is more and more and more. It was kind of how you, I feel like you were with Avatar today, Dan. So, uh, yeah. yeah so, so Back to the Future Part 3 was in its way for, for everything it did to dismantle what was good about your what you think the best movie of the, the podcast this year was, Dan, Back to the Future. I think Back to the Future Part 3 for, for pissing on the on the uh, legacy is <laughs> my biggest disappointment. How about See, you? And as I thought Danny? at the time, I think 2 pisses on the legacy more uh, than, than 3. But um, They both do. They both, they they just, really they both, both do. One both pisses crap. on it, one shits on it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I am going to go with how surprised, how much I truly, truly loved Dirty Dancing. I thought that was yeah. just a great, fun, what's not to like kind of movie. It, it completely absorbed me. I loved them in it. I loved Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze in it. I loved uh, um, uh, uh, Jerry Orbach in it. I just I thought it was freaking great. I, and I, and I, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be, it was in the middle of summer. I was at, you know, out of town. I was at that um, Shakespeare contract and I was like, okay, I got to sit through dirty dancing now. And I was just so delighted. I really was. Um, I don't know of, of things that I really expected more out of or, or were surprised at how bad they were. Um, Avatar. Am I am I crazy? Am I uh, no? Am I that's truly, what it was. 
truly disliked it. And that, and, <laughs> and like yours, Jason, I, I, you're exactly right. It, the Sheila rating did lower as we were talking about, because I was at like a 4.5 after the movie ended. I thought the last half hour was pretty, you know, exciting. Um, but as you guys told me the justification for why they wear clothing, <laughs> uh, I, I my loathe, loathing <laughs> for the movie. The bottom dropped out. The bottom completely hey. dropped out, and I had nothing else to hold on to, um, except uh, except the 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 tail of the uh, of the Sam Worthington uh, uh, attempt to be literally uh, his tail. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's. What I mean. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did mean that. You literally did mean the tail of Sam Worthington. I thought you meant T A L E. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> I the didn't tale, mean that, but that's so much better. The Tale of the Sam Worthington. <laughs> I'd like to see a movie called The Tale of the Sam Worthington. By J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the movie that was the most fun to talk about? True Believer, hands down. True, True, Believer, True Believer, hands down. That is that is mine. Yeah. That's my nomination, oh, yeah. too. I'd go, I'd give, I was thinking either Toxic Adventure or Glengarry Glen Ross, um, but but it might have been. Uh, I had Glengarry down, too, because we had such a good time. It was like the Goodfellas episode. I'm just yeah. so excited yeah. to talk about it. But yeah. True Believer, True Believer was a lot of fun, yeah. Ponytail was recocculous. <laughs> oh, my and God. We had, so and we had fun. so much fun yeah. Yeah, dismantling it that, uh, yeah. that True Believer right, was I'll give my you that. number one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll meet you there. Yeah, that's, you know, that's great. That's yeah. good. All right. Best overall episode. This is hard. I got like three nominees here, but I think it's down between really between two of them. Um, I had two. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm edging towards the and they were it was episode 84, the Boogie Nights and our favorite ensemble mm. movies. Or and I think I'm maybe edging towards this one more episode eighty, Dirty Dancing, and our favorite soundtracks. Uh-huh. I, th- I thought that was a good one. Great, they were both really, really great. Danny, what I'm do you at, got? Uh, Back to the Future trilogy episode seventy nine. That was, ah, okay. that was super super fun. I liked that. I, I liked. It was just fun to 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 pick apart those movies and our different thoughts on the sequels. And and that was just, a really good episode. It, it took me back <laughs> nostalgia wise. It was really good. Strong episode. That was a really good episode. That is, I had three down and, and the only overlap I have with you guys is 79, the back to the future episode that mm. I do. I, but your other ones? ahead of those were episode 75, which was Kevin Shinnick Kevin joining Shinnick. us to talk yeah, about. That was a great one. That was a Return great of the one. Jedi, Superman three and Jaws 3D. Yeah, that, that was, was a really good great. one. And, and then a kind of a weird choice, but episode 70, which was, True believer, uh, <laughs> the burbs, and uh-huh. uh, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It Ooh. was just a really fun episode. Like it, yeah. just everything about that one was fun because all those movies were, you know, we we took the piss yeah. out of all of them. And there's just something about the energy of that episode that I really enjoyed. But um, yeah, so the only cons- little bit of consensus here, I guess, is that I, I agree with you about Back to the Future being a great one. But these are these are all good. But you know what? The Shinnick episode is, is outstanding. I, I, I'm, I, you may have leaned me over towards that one. We can all give right, it to I'll, the, I'll, I'll, throw it, that, I'll throw you a bone there, too. We can give yeah. it to all the right. Kevin episode. Episode 75. I'm easy. 
was howling. I was on the train watching this, and I just started to laugh like a lunatic when his line. I thought this is the only Jaws movie, or really probably the only movie where said dramatically, it's now well the son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like yes, Louis Gossett Jr. That's, that's the catchphrase. You phrase. fucking worked that Oscar. You worked that Oscar from Officer and Gentleman. Well, that son of a bitch. Fucking weld it. You talking about some damn shark's mother? That's the best thing I have. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's the two of them in Enemy Mind, right? He's with Quaid in that. Is oh, he yeah, not? Of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 One of them is blaming the other for this. Hey, I'm about to do this other movie. You want to come along and do it with me? God God those campfire you. scenes. And they're like, That's what he's actually saying. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, Gossett would say, oi vey, but who knows? Dan, why you're not in the reboot of that, I have no idea. Oh my Hello, God. enemy yours. Enemy yours. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Episode 75. We seem to go for the, the high marker episode. Like last year, it was episode 50, the Empire oh, Strikes the Back one. Yes. And, and this year, 75, the uh, the Return of the Jedi episode. All right. Very good. Episode the 75. The part of that episode was me uh, try, constantly trying to show you things visually. Like, look at this. <laughs> look at this picture in this book. Look at this. <laughs> yes. Look Moron. at this Ewok storybook. Yeah. Great. Dumb. Makes for scintillating podcasting. Um <laughs> This is, I don't think there's any other option this year, but best argument, best bit of tension on the podcast. Easy. Easiest one. I think it's pretty easy. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Not being <laughs> the argument about Ghostbusters. Whether it's a soundtrack or not. Whether it's a great song or a novelty song. Yeah. <gasps> I forgot about that. Oh, I thought it was even forget? on my radar. So good. It's not a novelty. A novelty song is the Honeymooners rap, the the, 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 the John Wayne rap. Ghostbusters. No, Ghostbusters is a novelty. It's absolutely a novelty song. It's not a novelty song because it's because it's a- about the Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> just like John Wayne, the the the, 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 Boston, the, the rapping it's Duke is about a, a rapping Duke. It's a, yes, but there's no movie called the rapping Duke. It's a movie uh, called Ghostbusters, and it's a song right. about ghost busting. It's actually right. very well. It's it's I think a well constructed, well chosen piece of music to to launch a franchise with. It's it a good song. Well. I'm not going to say it's a great song or it's uh I don't know the way you I guess it's the way you're expressing it. You're talking about it like it's like it's like it's pet sound. The song drove. You gotta back away from the microphone, the Jason. You have to back away from the microphone. The when you get drove. loud, you move closer to the mic, and you are blowing me out. You can't. And what we're do saying that. is you're getting loud about. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Look, Jesus, you always say that you know, because and I'm making can. a point. You can't do that. <laughs> that was oh, that was like absolute. I didn't even think about anything else. I just wrote Ghostbusters novelty record. That's what I wrote down. Yep, that's <laughs> that it. was it. Yes, because that, that was, was a, a good a one. Heated discussion. Um, you know, yeah. that was wait. <laughs> what? Hey. What? I think that is it. That's not the best argument. You son of a bitch. The best goddamn argument was episode 75. When you woke up my baby volcano. My baby volcano tried to sleep when you woke her up. I come to your door. I try to talk to you like a human being. 
Okay. Oh my we'll God. give it to you. For God's sake. Don't call me, sir. I'm no sir. Volcano. 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 You sleeping? God damn it. Sir, we'll give you the best argument, okay? Yeah, give it to him. Give you the best argument. We don't have to agree Ghostbusters was, but... Among among us, we'll agree that the Ghostbusters argument was the best argument of the year, but just... in public. Just to to get... Let him leave us alone, finally. Yeah. Just... Hold on. I'm going to cobble together. Here we go. Here's (laughs) this. I've got an old... Just um, cobble it. I don't know what this is. Get some cobble. Mothma figure here, and I'll just... (laughs) I'll stick it onto an eraser and I'm painting that oh, gold. Noodles. <laughs> but this one looks the most like a Sheila. All right, fine. I'm just looking for Whatever a female you want, sir, action just please figure. Please go for downstairs. You. Go downstairs. Thank you. Anyway, that was I was okay, well, I was good. thinking actually that might have been one of the better arguments, but no, Ghostbusters was the best. Absolutely. Among us, the Ghostbusters one. Yes, was, uh, I mean I still completely my forgot still about boils. this. Um, my right, favorite. What fantastic. episode was that again? That was episode eighty. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, uh, yes, eighty. Yeah. The Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Because it was the soundtrack. Soundtracks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, I loved maybe more than anything else on this episode of the podcast. um, Our our friend just going volcano, volcano, (laughs) volcano, volcano. I really thought you were going to do it sixteen times. That was the greatest. It it makes it sound like his, which I didn't realize at the time that his beef was that we were uh, (laughs) mocking his beloved. 1997 volcano that he really <laughs> loved it so much and as soon as he heard us disparaging it he had to come downstairs you could loop that jason you could just loop fred going volcano 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 like a hundred times volcano 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 that might have been the greatest moment of our, but the fact that we had to stop so, recording for three weeks. Incredible. Oh well, that's <laughs> incredible. That's true. Downstairs for us to neighbor threatened to kill you. That gets a Golden <laughs> Sheila Lifetime Achievement Award because that's, that's unprecedented. That's unprecedented uh, in the history of podcasts. Oh, God. Yeah, truly disruptive. Truly disruptive. For three weeks. All right. Volcano! 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 Best sound clip or sound effect? Oh, this is, I I did it. This was no question for me. Go ahead. This was the, uh, wait, hold on, let me, I don't, I can't remember what episode it was. It was, I'm going to tell you. Oh, it was episode 72. It was the Greystoke sex scene <laughs> with the dogs. Yes. And Bill yes. Cosby. Yes. And the Oscar slap you're, you're, all combined. Oh hands down. You're gosh. exactly right. I give it to that, that as well. That was the best sound I forgot clip. about that. Fantastic. <laughs> it was so disturbing. Yeah. And deeply perfect. disturbing. I. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2. Can't wait to see it. Welcome to Earth. It was a G.I. Jane job. I, my I, name I, out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? I can't speak. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> that's really good. That's, yeah, that's a whole mashup thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, much so that you used it twice, actually. So good. You used it in that episode, and then I think in the opening of the next episode, you used it, because we were just talking about it. Yeah, so good. I was... I, 
that's a good one. I was going to, and that, yeah, no, I don't think I can give it to the, the, the opening of episode 75, the, the Ewok song with all the different sound clips on it. That was, a, that's a menagerie <laughs> that's of sound. But that's a good one that that's like more <laughs> like, uh, sound. <laughs> that might be like, if you want oh, to say like, be, like, like a nominee for best opening of an episode or something, but um, that was mine. Yeah. If there's like for, oh, yeah. Song. Cold right, open I'm or that opening. For best cold open. I'm yeah, gonna save good. that for that. Um, so, and so sound yeah, effect. So my, we always have to give an honorable mention to I just by itself with nothing yes. else after it. <laughs> just the syllable. <laughs> just the syllable alone. The economy, alone. The, the economy of the I is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, I I think you know I hadn't thought about the Greystoke thing, so I'll go with I'll go with you on, on that one on that one, Fredo. What about you, Danny? That one, that one's hands down. No question. That one. The Greystone. Yeah. No question oh, about it. Fantastic. Yep. Oh, fantastic. Oh, great. Yep. Great, 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 great. So that's best sound clip slash effect is the Greystoke <laughs> love scene. With love all sorts of scene. special guests. Um, <laughs> I, I, I. Best segue. Best segue. Fred is the master of the segue. Not that thing. That little wheelie thing that you know, people uh, ride around it. Although he's very good at that, hasn't fallen off once. But he's the master of getting us from somehow wrangling us from one topic to another, from one film to another. True. What do we think was his shining moment? Oh, segways. God. You know what? You know what I liked is this was a fun one. He was trying to get us to critters, but you didn't for 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 a good like twenty seconds. You didn't pick up on that. That's what he was doing. <laughs> he was like, when they would critters, the little critters. Oh, they're nice little critters. And you were like, yep, they were. And I and we're going. He's segueing. He's segueing. That was pretty damn funny. That's really good. I like that. That is very good. <clears throat> My favorite. And this episode is coming up a lot in the Golden Shield. Is uh, it was episode seventy for uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, his segue into True Believer <laughs> was so good because he it was just masterful because it was he was talking about the, the weird guy who kind of like wanted to start a band with him or something, and we were really into this discussion. <laughs> And I could just picture, I, I'm remembering myself walking back and forth, you know, with the core, the old corded phones yeah. and the coils <laughs> yeah. and going into, and having this like serious conversation about music with this fucking lunatic. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and like, he's got no idea that he's talking to a, whatever, a 15, a 16 year old. It was very strange. So. Wow. Did you wind up using him though? Oh, yeah, yeah. We recorded several albums together. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I know where all the bodies are hidden. Yeah. So, the ghost of John Bond. And the name of our it. band was actually, oddly enough, it was True Believer. And, uh, no, was uh, it you know, really? It was, yeah, because we had ponytails. Of course it and we were was scrunchies. <laughs> Dan is the most gullible, amazing person on earth. You're a true believer. <laughs> believe in the truth. You stupid, stupid man. Dan Matisse is a true believer of anything. <laughs> Fred says. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Fucking 
ridiculous. But Fred did it so well, so deftly, one of my favorite words on this podcast, that, it's you, true. that you actually believed a true believer. You truly believe everything about the synergy of that segue is just chef's kiss brilliant to the me. Layers so of irony. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to sometimes the simplest things, right? Simplest is the best. Just true believer. Mwah. Beautiful, beautiful segue. What do you Fred, think? What Fred? did you like most about yourself this year? <laughs> <laughs> I was proud of the uh, episode 77, the poltergeist one, oh, only yeah. because I made you guys really convinced because I stopped everything. Oh, you're I right. Give it to I, that. Felt, I felt I like an actor that. again. That's the best. <laughs> like, no, that was the best. Yeah. I absolutely here was give the it best. to that. No question. Absolutely. Because I really believe. Again, the ones where, yes, your powers of acting, Gary, they are uh, phenomenal <laughs> because the ones where I really believe it's. This is it's, this is the basics here. When I believe you, Fred, <laughs> and that's good acting. I can yeah. believe you, and I really believed you. I'm, uh, Dan really believed you on True Believer. <laughs> that's the name of your band with that stranger. <laughs> and I truly believed that they were here when you said they're here. Um, that's it, Poltergeist. They're we here. To that segue. Okay. Uh, best cold open. I guess we just said we're going to give it to episode seventy-five, the Ewok song, with the, or maybe not. I don't know that. I, I I think that would. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I'd give that. I I, I enjoyed Arnold auditioning for Volcano as well. Pretty but, great. But um, I think the Ewok song just take the Ewok song is is just a, it's beautiful. And I don't sleep. And I keep on going. And I don't blink. And I just keep going. It's your time. And I keep on going. And I don't blink. And I just keep going. And I don't blink. And I keep on going. Every open space has to be filled in. And I just keep going. And I don't blink. And I keep on going. And I don't blink. I. I will. I've never seen anything like this. Best Shallot appearance. Best Easy. Gene Shallot. Gene Shallot. Back to the future. Shows up all the time. Back to the future. Uh, easy, uh, easy, uh, easy, easy. Oh, so mine is hilarious. To, the three Shallots <laughs> traveling through time, <laughs> dating Cindy Crawford, and trying to figure out how to tell the previous Shallot not to see the next movie. And he misses the first five minutes of every movie because he has to destroy the shitter. <laughs> I don't know why they can't make movies the way they used to. Give me an old-fashioned western with a little romance, not all this science fiction mumbo jumbo shit. What the fuck is happening? Gene, future Gene, it's me, Gene Three. Gene Three. Gene Three. Yes, Gene Three. I'm from six months later than future Gene, and I don't want him to make a fool out of all of us. Wait, who's that with you? Supermodel Cindy Crawford. I've never heard never of her. heard of her. That's because she doesn't hit it big until 1990. Anyway, I told her my mustache was a time machine, and would she like to go for a ride on it? And here we are. Yeah. My favorite shallot, and it's the basest of all the shallots. But going back to our, oh, yeah. our one of our favorite episodes, episode 70, Jean Shallot. With with severe diarrhea from the Meximelt and calling it Poo Believer oh, with, sh- oh, with the music from Schindler's re- List in the background. Poo Retriever. Yeah. music. Oh, God. Oh, my God. What the hell is in a Meximelt? Jesus. 
Welcome to the Critics' Corner for February 17th, 1989. I'm uh, having a little bit of tummy trouble this morning. Al Roker took me to Taco Bell for breakfast, so please forgive my brevity and my one-track mind. <clears throat> oh. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? More like filling heads with excrement, I betcha. Oh, God. Keanu Reeves, my mind. Then you know that this is a piece of crap about time travel. As in, it's time to travel to the toilet bowl. Oh, Jesus. Don't. Oh, true believer. More like poo retriever. Because the makers of this nightmare just pulled this one out of their ass. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The burbs. More like the turds. Oh. What's the fecal matter with these movies, you ask? The poop, the whole poop, and nothing but the poop is that all three of these flicks are a solid waste of your time. Back to you in the studio. And we're out. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Somebody please, uh, please help Gene Shalit. Gene Shalit? More like Gene Shal shit. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So tonight's award for excellence in podcasting goes to. Oh my god! Oh god! Oh Jesus! Oh my god! I have been in this business 52 years, and I, I, I. That's my favorite too. Is poo receiver? Just going. Oh my god! Oh my god! Over and over and over and over and over again. That's it. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh my god. Now you can loop this. Volcano. Oh my god. Volcano. Oh my god. And just have that go for 20 minutes. That sounds like a parrot. <laughs> Volcano. Oh my god. Volcano. Oh my god. How many say how many people didn't heed that warning in Pompeii? My parrot won't <laughs> shut up. Jesus. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a deep cut. That's for the brainiacs in the that's audience. That's a deep cut um, into Roman history. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it to Which we like to do on this podcast. I think, yeah, the Back to the Future one was, I was probably, yeah, that Back to the Future one's really good. But yeah, maybe, maybe I, uh, I had Pooh Retriever from episode yes, seven. Let's give it to Pooh Retriever. I'm well. comfortable with that. I can't believe that that's, that's just the moniker it goes by. Oh, the Pooh Retriever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Fine. Best childhood stories. Best childhood story. This one, I'm going to agree. Mike Zarzicki wrote this one and it's his favorite. And I will agree. I I enjoyed episode 71. My Not so much my story about me becoming a man on Nora Francis Connie's coat. But more your reactions to that. The two of you, your reactions to that were amazing. But I think the best actual story (laughs) is is from episode 77. It's the uh, Jason's Island in the Stream story and thinking that I have the tiger and islands in the stream are the same song and then bringing in your favorite song, The Gambler, gambler. to claim on your 8-track, the 2XL, Robot in Class. That whole thing combined with with Cosby, all the eyes, eyes, (laughs) eyes with Island in the Stream. Like that entire, that was just an epic it was all, uh, and just, which just all led up to the 2XL playing the gambler story, which is just adorable. The, the t- so, uh, good. so good. I, 
Yeah, the two XL. I mean, bringing in lugging in a toy robot into class when you're already the least cool kid in school, <laughs> and you have to share your favorite song when you're in third grade, and it's Kenny fucking Rogers the Gambler, and you're bringing in a toy robot to play it on an eight track tape for your friends when eight tra- when they had stopped making eight tracks the year before. I mean, everything about it was horrifying. Thank you for turning me on. Let me introduce myself. I am 2XL, the smartest toy robot in the world. And if you don't believe me, just come a little closer and I'll challenge your human brain with my electronic brain. Before we begin, I have three instructions for you to remember. One. You got to know when to hold up. Two. Know when to fold up. Three. Know when to walk away. A. And know when to run. B. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count <laughs> when the dealing's done. I tend to lean towards that, although I think it's very bold that in an episode that was specifically commissioned by an educator True. for a high school class that you talked about losing your virginity on somebody's <laughs> coat. That's the boldest childhood story. Dan, where, where do you where do you fall? I guess I lean more towards Connie Francis's coat in the back seat. <laughs> oh, that, that is, that is, there's lean, a lot of leaning into that. There's a lot of leaning into it. <laughs> So it's a, it's uh uh when you mentioned it Fred I went oh right of course of course how have you right. talked about the loss of innocence on this the loss podcast. of innocence in the back of my mom's station wagon on top oh. of Nora Francis Connie's coat and we're gonna leave it there oh, wow. say the thing you just said it was on Aunt Nora and Connie Francis's coat. <laughs> That's not what I said, but I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> on top of Aunt Nora and Connie Francis's coats? Like in the back seat? Like, Aunt Nora, move over. Move <laughs> over. But I'm protecting Connie Francis's coat. <laughs> I think we're going to go with that one now. I think that's, I think right, that's sure. it, right? Yeah. Connie Francis's legendary dream coat. Although, didn't Kevin um, Shinnick have a good story about like his mom letting him not go to Superman or something like that? What was that story? Yeah, his mom ground. They got into a fight and she wouldn't let him go to he, he was gonna go, No, he was going to go see Return of the Jedi with all his friends. And she's like, You're not going anywhere, mister. And then she took him anyway. And then at the last second changed her mind and, and let him, let him like, go. go on. Let him That's out. a yeah. good story. But since it doesn't involve Connie Francis, I can't put it up there. <laughs> or her coach. Very good. So Fred losing his virginity is the best childhood story <laughs> mull over that for a little bit um, we're down we're down to the we're down to the very the I, i'm gonna say that no not the oh, dregs oh, okay. we're down to the dregs. we're down to our last couple of categories here oh we're my down God. To the last couple and 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 technically dan made an argument that we should only have one more category because he said we should not because of how rarely they appeared this year, because of how lax they were, that we should not choose an Arthropod Squad member of the year. But I, I have been, I tend to disagree. <laughs> um, I got one. Yeah. Well, what's yours? What's yours, Freda? Who's yours? Well, he first showed up, I think, last year. But he's made his presence known. He's not really a member of the Arthropod Squad, Uh-oh. but he made his way in there. Oh, I know. 
It's our good old pal, <laughs> Rocky Pantagli. <laughs> How you doing, Rick? I mean, you might vote for one member of the other bus squad, man. You might vote for another member of the other bus squad. I say... Frankie Pentangeli. <laughs> Frankie Pentangeli. I, I enjoyed Frankie, but. I did. Oh, no, I enjoyed Frankie, too. I enjoyed Frankie, too. That is good. Yeah, I don't know if he had been inducted into the squad, but. Uh, I don't think he was. A, no, no, he wasn't. He was He was actually pushed out of the squad. In a way. When uh, he was unceremoniously removed yeah. from babysitting duties. In a way, yeah, he was pushed yeah. out. Yeah. Well, then that means that Ed Burns is also a member of the Arthropod <laughs> squad. I can't, that, I can't, that I can't abide. Which will be their undoing. That will be their undoing. <laughs> um, that's a very good nominee. I, I was going to nominate uh, Adam because yeah. he's got his stick to itiveness. He's always calling. He's yes. always got. He's always got business ideas. He's always checking in. You know, he's just like. You know, there are people in your lives where you're like, I don't really care for that guy so much. True, but they're very good about checking in. Yeah, you know, they like send a text every once in a while. It's like, well, I don't like him that much, but I can depend on him. There are people in your life like that, and <laughs> this is a stirring, ringing endorsement. But Adam, one of the titular babies from Baby's Day Out, who are who is a part of the uh, army of freelancers, freelancers. Uh, he our, does in, ring in. in. He does ring he in. He rings in every once yeah. in a while. He has great ideas. I give ideas. it to Adam. I feel like Adam deserves a break. He, he deserves, deserves a break. He deserves a win. Yeah. Jake, Jacob Joseph is, he's the eye candy, right? Because he's walking around <laughs> obese in a diaper. Just like he's, he's the he's melted dry. chocolate he's eye candy. <laughs> He's trying. <laughs> he gets all the attention because he's still he's more still more baby like. He he's talks a, with a baby voice. He's a box of he's milk duds that's been left in the sun. <laughs> he's that kind of eye candy. Yeah, and Adam's just aged into a, 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 a just a sad middle aged person and who, who needs the win. And I, I I vote for I vote for Adam. I wish. I wish he'd come by and accept the award in person. I don't know if he's if it's possible. For I don't to, know if he, I don't know if he. Wait, wait, wait! Hang on the phone. Wait, the phone's ringing, you guys. The phone is. Hello, you're on the opening weekend podcast episode. Whatever this is, Golden Shoe is 88, 88. 88. Is this episode eighty eight? Yeah. No, eighty nine. Eighty nine. The Golden Shoe. No, eighty eight. Eighty nine. Eighty eight. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Who are you? Whoever you are. This is the sayer of the floor. Oh, shit. I mean, oh, good. <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was going to be Adam. It oh, has been far too long. A year by my count. One full. <laughs> Wasn't the last time I called in this very Golden Sheila episode. It you, was. You were upset that you weren't uh, in. I don't know if it was. It was the Sayer of the Flaws. If it was Ron Perlman who was upset that they weren't playing like an orc or something I in Lord of the pardon. Rings. Oh, that's right. I beg your pardon, and I am upset again. I don't know Ron Perlman. I don't know from from a Ron Perlman or a Ron Perlman type. I don't know from a Ron. <laughs> but one thing's for sure. Get a find something for him. In this CGI creature movie, <laughs> Avatars. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> They've got another in, one now, too. In there as a half cat, half monkey, half something. He's Ron Perlman. 
you have to hire the guy. Wasn't he in Freddy Got Fingered, the third guy? <laughs> what? There's Sam Waterston. There's uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and there's and there's the third guy. Wasn't he the brother in Freddy Got Fingered? <laughs> I well, don't who's know. Giving him I work? I who's giving that guy work? <laughs> It's been a while. It's been it's been a few years since since Avatar, and he might be in the sequel. I haven't seen it yet, but I see what you're saying. I see it's a, you make a good point. We don't cast people in these things. Well, you should is the yes. argument but I'm making. You would making. say the casting Mr. in Avatar was flawed. Flawed, right? Was deeply <laughs> flawed. Yes, you've you you. It's like you you complete me, Fred Berman. You finish my thoughts. You finish my sentences. The casting of Avatar. Finish my lunch. The the (laughs) non-casting of a Ron Perlman in an Avatars is flawed. flawed. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Oh, Jason's finally on board. Yes, flawed. I'm sorry. I was was expecting a call from Adam, so I didn't, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't mentally prepared. Oh, he's here. Are you okay? Wait, Adam, come to the phone. I went up to visit them. Come over here. Hey, you guys. Hey. Uh, hey, Adam, you know, you just won a Golden Sheila. What congratulations. do you get to do? What the, what the hell is a Golden Sheila? It's, a, it's, a, it's an award that we give to each other. It's, a, it's very, you know, it's a very masturbatory exercise. Speaking of masturbatory exercise, Mr. Nicholson, you, you come over. Please. Well, Everybody, well, everybody's well. up here, by the way. They all came to visit uh, for the holidays. Ringing in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, boys. How's it hanging? Mr. Nicholson, so great to hear from you after all this time. I know, it's been a long time, it's been, it's been quite a while. Well, i just like to come here to the to the ranch. Fla- you know, Flaw's got a ranch here in Montana. And uh, and we just like to kick back. And he's got all these Navajo blankets everywhere. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got a whole decor thing. Uh, that, it must remind uh, you of I, The Shining. It must remind you of, of, uh, of The Shining. Very similar. Very, very similar. Especially, I mean... There's a dumbwaiter full of blood in the back that uh, we don't talk about. But uh, I mean, I, I mean, a, a, a mute person who brings us food. Why are you calling me that? Why are you calling me that, Mr. Jack? I, you know I talk so much. Oh, Geppetto, you know I'm just ah. I'm just pulling your chain, pal. No, but um, no, but Flaw's got a nice setup here. Geppetto oh, comes so with nice. me because I don't trust. Yeah, I can't I can't have other people touching my food. I let Geppetto <laughs> does it all, and then and then Adam and uh, Diaper Boy they they show up and uh, hi. What's up? <laughs> hey, Jacob Joseph. What's what about up, Al? Is, uh, is, is, is Al been up there as well? Is he helping out? The caretaking? Oh, you or? fucking know it. I'm here. <laughs> I got aprons on. I got mitts on my hands. I, this, I don't touch Jack's food, but I love to I do a little bit of Tex-Mex here for everybody. We got some, we got some nachos going, some chimichangas. And then we, uh, we throw on, uh, we throw on a couple of Blu-rays. And what do we, uh, what do we got today? What do we got, uh, Adam? What do we, uh, you, you're picking the movie today. Or was Tote, was Tote gonna pick it? I, I, I can't remember. I, I, think I told you we're watching Always Again. It's my favorite holiday movie. We watch it every holiday. Sheila loves it. Oh, God. Is there anything even holiday in that? 
Come on. My performance. It's celebratory. It's it's like Jesus rising, being born in the stables. I tell you. It always brings a smile to the children's faces. Every year we must we have this conversation. Speaking of Mr. To- speaking of faces, Mr. Tote, what do you think of, of the of, of watching Always as the holiday movie for this big party that you're all at? Performances, nefarious, but it, but it is always brings a smile to my mouth. <laughs> oh God, the smile just dripped off. Oh, for God's sake! Well, Merry Christmas, everybody! I came here and brought a sack. Oh, dirty sack. Oh, well, no, I got Lumpy are here. I done, <laughs> I done brown presents for everybody. That's mostly things I found in your recycling. So, uh, <laughs> yogurt thing. <laughs> Who wants yogurt thing? I don't know if that's yogurt. I'm not sure. That was it. I think you got that oh, from Jacob Joseph's diaper. <laughs> um, wait, 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 who's at the front door? Wait, wait. <gasps> oh, wait, I'll go. Is Sarah the floor again? I'll go answer the front door and see who it is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mr. Charlotte. Oh, it's so cold out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've, I've got this whole sleigh here full of booze. You came in I, a sleigh? I, yeah, I brought a sleigh. Well, you know, I got dropped off. It's an Uber sleigh. <laughs> they bring me and all my alcohol here so I can come celebrate the holidays with you guys. Hey, Montana's great. Oof, it's no place, this weather is no place for a 99-year-old like me, but <laughs> I'm going to uh, do my best. While, while we got you here, Gene, uh, can can we get a, uh, maybe a couple of reviews from some of the movies oh, over this last this, year? This is, oh, my, I, this is my, my day off, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Come on, the just babies one get one. So do I. No, it's all right. I'm always, always happy. Always happy. How about what? What, what can I do for you? What? Uh, what are you curious about? How about um? Uh, go ahead. Fred. We we were talking with our friend Dave Itzkoff, uh last episode about the the power of the dog. What you What you think of that one? Uh, that was the hour of the slog, if you ask me. I couldn't get through that thing. And I say hour of the slog because I'm sure the thing's like, it got to be 145, 215, something like that. But after an hour, I had to turn it right off. Uh, Benedict's come to batch. Uh, <laughs> If you know what I mean, right? Uh, I think I do. He, he and Bronco Henry had a, a very touching relationship, from what I could tell, from listening to your last episode. Because honestly, I did not make it all the way through Power of the Dog. So I don't know if he turned out to be a gay guy or not. But the point oh, is... Oh, my God. Kirsten Dunst do anything for me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> But, you know, well, you know, wow. if, if, if somebody gives you Jesse Plemons, you make lemonade. But uh, I, I, can't, I can't do anything. Wow. I can't wow. do anything with this guy. You are on fire, Mr. Shallot. You are. Oh, that's good. That's good. I took my pills this year. Oh, <laughs> this year I don't have COVID, so. I hope you're listening to this, good. the rest of you arthropod squad. You guys are resting on your laurels. Gene's got it. I got he's, it, baby. I got it. Ninety-nine and going strong. However old I am. Definitely not. Flawed. That's for sure. Oh, thank you very much. I'll give you one, Gene. I'll give you one. Oh. The front. (laughs) 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 
I, I think let's all just think it at the same time. <laughs> Good thinking. Good thinking. And there we go. Oh, okay. so that's the main. That's the main one. Good. good that's good, the, the first one. Good but then I would say, uh, flip it on its back. This is. This is. This is not not something I want to be. Oh, I, I don't know. It's very. It's it's so it's so simple that it's difficult if you know what I mean. <laughs> The front is a stunt that makes uh, Lunt and Fontaine weep. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've had so much eggnog. So much eggnog. But no, the front is all right. So great. For a change. So great to hear from basically all of the arthropod squad. Yeah, so many of our old friends, because it's been yeah. a while. Everybody's it's here. Night- That's right. We're all here. Oh, God. I got to get these. <laughs> <laughs> I got these churros here. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. You, we, it, we, we, I, I don't know if our audiences will agree that it's nice to hear from, <laughs> from all of them, but I suspect that they've missed them as much as we have. I got a J. And- Crew brochure ripped in half. Who wants that? <laughs> from the recycling. Merry Christmas. <laughs> J Crew top half of the J Crew catalog. Nope. No, I'm keeping that. Mr. Toti, use it to, to wipe your face, huh? <laughs> Hello? They all Hello? work together. That's an- Hello? Oh, they're gone. Oh, they're gone. They oh. Up. They're gone. Oh, they're, they're no, gone. they hung up yeah. a long time ago <laughs> when I cut this whole thing. No, that was delightful to hear from them again. That was delightful. It well, was really heard, nice, yeah. The, the <gasps> least from was the person who won the award. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we didn't hear from him at all. Adam but said, congratulations, like, Adam. Well done, Congratulations, Adam. Yeah. Well uh, done. Was, was I'm good to hear from the together. gang. Ah, uh, we've got one last category. Best hand fight. What oh. was Dan Matisse's greatest feat of manualism? He's had many, but I think uh, I, I have uh, a hands-down winner in my opinion, Ooh. but I don't know. Uh, I, I don't hands vote down on this one. Too. I don't vote on this one. You guys, you guys do this oh, one. We, Mostly because I can't too, remember. But, no, okay. I will say one thing that I was very, this isn't the winner, but I was really impressed. Theme from Cloverfield? With just... Yes. Uh, when you did Time of My Life, the bass part of that was, Ooh, that was your, your bass line in that was blew me away. You uh, like th- there were tones really good. that you found in your hands. Yeah, really stunning. And I remember, and Jason was just tickled by that. But I think the hands down winner is the Ewok song. Oh, for me. Of course, oh. Yub Nub. The old Ewok song. Yeah, Yub Nub. Yeah. That brought a lot of joy. I had. Brought a lot of joy to said, a lot of people. I believe it was episode 69, I think. <laughs> the Close Encounters episode. At the end of that, you did a Spielberg medley. And Ooh, I yeah. said at the time, oh. I said that's. I said I'm calling it now, Golden Sheila winner. That was just Damon year. agreed. Damon gave his Golden Sheila to the to uh, the John Williams medley. Well, yeah. Okay, all right. I mean, it was just. So, I mean, you got it all. You got Jaws and Raiders and close everything in there. Everything. E.T. It was glorious. 
Yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd go with that too. That was pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to give it to your your Spielberg medley from I believe episode sixty nine. I believe that was, I think that uh, is the yes encounters episode. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Got I'll it. give it to that as well. That's fine. That's fine. Excellent. And I was just thinking about it now. I was like, oh my god, you're going to have to do something for Avatar. How the hell are you going to do that? We have set you up. We have set you up. I guess there's something. Yeah, you'll find, you'll think of something. You always do. You know what? We, uh, you, you, you get, at the end of this, you give me a Christmas song or a holiday song, and I'll 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 fart it out. I'll squeak it out. I'll eke that it out. Sounds, that sounds that's all right. We did that. Damn holidays. A, yes, that's right. And that was it. And that was our third annual Golden Chillers. I didn't think we'd be able to to make it happen, but we did. We've we were able to pick through the scraps and bring you the best. <laughs> Of 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Opening Weekend. Next time, we travel back to January 13th, 2004, and the release of the star-studded romantic comedy Along Came Polly, starring Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, Alec Baldwin, Hank Azaria, Deborah Messing, Brian Brown, and most intriguingly, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And while Along Came Polly was the only major release of January 13th, it marked the first of six, count them, six major releases for Ben Stiller that year. Everything from sequels like Meet the Fockers to memorable cameos like an Anchorman. And so uh, both to commemorate that fact and to pad out our show, episode 89 will officially be dubbed Stiller Palooza 04. And in addition to Along Came Polly, we will also review that year's Starsky and Hutch featuring Stiller and Owen Wilson under the direction of Todd Phillips. And if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodgeball, starring Stiller, Vince Vaughn, and Stiller's real-life wife, Christine Taylor. So that's Stiller Palooza 04 next time on opening weekend. Dan, in the spirit of the holidays, you want us to pick one for you? You give me something, and you can give me two. You can give me one. Fred can give me one, whatever you want. Or you can decide on one. Why don't we combine the holidays? Why don't we do, uh, like, the dreidel song? Yes. And, uh... What, what, what do you got there, Jason? Police Navidad. <laughs> Boom. I love it. <laughs> Feliz, and then we get that we get the avatar thing in there. Felice Navi died. Oh my god, you're brilliant, Felice Navi died holiday up. See, this is the Segway King. You right just won you just won next year's best segue. You just won That's amazing. You just won it. You found you a way. You didn't see that that was my name. That was my and that was no, my squad cast see, name the whole time. I didn't. I didn't see the squad cast <laughs> names today. Didn't see it. Oh my God, Felice Navi Navi for Dodd. the holidays and for Avatar. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You can put the dreidels to the side if you want and just do that. No, no, you should do the dreidel song. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. How's the dreidel song go? Dreidel, 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 dreidel. Right, that's that one. Yes. Okay. Yep. Here we go. Let me tune up. Okay.
That Ooh. was south of the border. <laughs> Absolutely. I see you. I see poo. That was an ava fart. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I have to go over to the ICU now because I just hurt myself. <laughs> I have to go to the ICU. Avatar, not great. No, but Fred liked it. See you next time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Get your drink on. Have a good time. Be kind to each other. Listen to more opening weekend. Buy merch when we make it. Tuck me in. Read me a story. Some warm milk. You know I like it warmer than that. All right, then hot milk. Well, it's not going to get hot that way. There we go. Well, what's wrong with you? Well, if you can't generate the heat, I know someone who can. Gene Charlie! The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Volcano! 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 Volcano!